Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about... To start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be found on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnabinium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. And part of the Chiefs Sports Network. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Ace Sanders. Pressure. Penny just dives in. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live always from the Signorama Studios. They are the preferred sign partners of your South Carolina Gamecocks. If you look over either one of my shoulders, if you're watching, Colonial Life Arena is decorated via Signorama in West Columbia. They are Gamecock owned and Gamecock operated. Our friend Matt Vaughn, whose son is one of the great bat boys now for Carolina baseball. Pretty cool stuff. Nice. The Barn Dominium Company, of course, built our program and builds our network, and we cannot thank them enough. Gamecock owned and operated the Barn Co. is what they're called. You could build your dream home if you live in North Carolina or South Carolina, Tennessee, or Georgia. The Barn Dominium Company, the Barn Co. Find them on the Chief Sports Net app. And always served by Chicken Cock Bourbon. Chicken Cock, it is fantastic. You can also find that on our app as well. Chicken Cock Bourbon serving 
Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, JC, is it this is the first time in a while the three of us has, have been here? I was out last week uh, for uh, a few days, and uh, JC had some business stuff to tend to yesterday, but he's back. I'm back. Uh, Mad Dog is back. Derek Scott is back as well at 1120 ahead of their trip to College Station for another road trip for Carolina Hoops tomorrow night. They've got the Aggies. We'll check in with him and talk some baseball as well with the great voice of South Carolina. And then coming up at noon or shade afternoon, Hale McGranahan will join us with the Big Spur. Lots of updates there on the recruiting front, and we'll uh, get some thoughts on the uh, wide receiver uh, coaching search and all those type things as well uh we also have some different conversations to get into one of one of the guys one of the things that is being heavily discussed in our you know circle of things basically sports talk is court storming and uh jay billis went as far as to say let them storm the court just uh you know rope them in there don't let them off and citation them or arrest them or whatever if you want to stop it but this is all coming of court naturally because a Duke basketball player was injured uh, this past weekend via the court storm. Now, if that had happened at South Carolina or, you know, little old Wake Forest, probably nobody would be talking about it. But it happened to Duke, so God forbid everybody's going to have to to get into an uproar over this. So we'll, we'll get to that. you got the combine later up the, coming up later on this weekend. Spencer Rattler is uh, – maybe the, maybe the nation's been watching us, JC, because we've been trying to tell people for months around here this dude ain't going in the fourth or fifth round. Nobody wanted to listen. He's moving up boards, and he's going to keep moving up boards once the combine is through. Uh, so really excited to see how that all plays out as well. Right on cue, though, I got to get this in because Phil mentioned it yesterday, and we owe this young man a big-time apology. It's on us, and uh, but we're really proud of you. Uh, one of our everyday chat boxers in the Nana Sports chat box, Harrison Lutheran, uh, did tell us all yesterday that he has been accepted to the University of South Carolina. So obviously he's a young buck. Uh, we've we've been there. I've been there. I remember when they accepted me too, man. It's a great feeling. The best years are ahead of you. So congratulations to you and your family. Enjoy every second of it, and we hope that you'll continue to watch or listen to our programming. Uh, as you're a student at South Carolina. But we didn't get to that yesterday. It's my fault. I'll take the blame. Uh, but congratulations, dude. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, man, congrats, definitely. Yeah, we caught it in the chat box, and just it, it got away from us. But, uh, yeah, immediately after the show, I was like, man, got to give him a shout-out because congratulations, yeah. man. It's going uh, to be fun for you. And, uh, you know, buckle down and do your studies. But uh, that's right. JC can tell you how to navigate that, uh, <laughs> navigate both sides of that. Well, in, in no, today's world, no, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. In today's world, with, with technology, you can be sitting there sipping something in five points and looking on your phone and going over your, your homework. You know? Exam, so, yeah. It's a, didn't have that when I had to, you actually had to go to class, and that was just the part of college I wasn't really that good at. <laughs> I would have just pounded through it like every semester and just, you know, like clawed my way through it in like two and a half years. But if I were the age I was now and I had my my today's mindset, I'd have a PhD or a law degree. Uh, But dude, back then, man, it was like, (laughs) bro, I don't want to go to class, man. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was just, it was a struggle, but uh, it, um, it's the best time of your life, though. So, uh, congratulations yeah. and getting into the school 
that uh, obviously is, I guess it's your dream school, Carolina. You're a Carolina person, so we all grew yeah. up dreaming of going uh, there, and so that's uh, it's special, it's special to get in and get accepted and to be a uh, you know a Gamecock student. So I think that's great for you, man. Congrats. I would. I'm not a big advice giver. Um, I, I've, I've never. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't appreciate it when somebody can't wait to tell you something. You know, they want to give you advice on their marriage or whatever it is. I'm like, All right, I got it. But uh, Harrison, if I could give you, uh, if I could give you any advice, and I mean this, it's going to sound kind of funny coming off. You'll get it once you've been there for uh, probably after your freshman year. You'll understand what I mean by this because you, you actually don't spend as much time on campus as you would think when you know when you move off campus your freshman year and you're you're out doing things and you're living in an apartment or a house with your butt with your buddies you, you go to campus or uh, you go to class and then you leave spend as much time on campus as you can um, and and I'll just tell you, you know, every time I'm in Columbia which is often but but every chance I get I just go park. And I walk around campus and I'm, I'm sure that there's some people looking at me kind of strange, you know, cause I'm almost a 40 year old dude who's just out butting around out there now. Um, but I never really took in all the sights and the sounds and the feels of the university of South. It's a beautiful campus. Campus is beautiful. You know, that we all know that. And I just never spent as much time on it as I probably should have. Uh, so whenever you're bored one day, just go walk around, man. Cause you're not going to get to do it for the rest of your life like that. Um, so, uh, I hope that, hope that, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. one piece yeah. when you get old it's just kind of awkward if you go especially during class time because you're yeah. either a professor or a stalker you know so you, yeah or something <laughs> you feel weird but yeah. no uh like on saturdays and sundays are the great times to you know as an adult to go walk around the horseshoe or something and and all that and i'm with uh i'm with uh, you know I'm with you. I'm with you on that, JB. I think it is special. That last time I was at Columbia, I stayed right there on assembly across from the, the Coliseum. And uh, so that's kind of campus adjacent. So it was nice to kind of walk around and, and, and look at everything and stuff. And it's changed so much. I mean, God bless. Since 2000, yeah. it's unrecognizable in a good way, in a good way. So yeah, we did the same showing our daughter around down there. I was like, wow, this does not look like it did. Mm. 20 years no. ago. <laughs> back then man i was like ah oh, yeah you still had the, yeah, like, the, the honeycomb dorms and you know all that and then they had no greek village the greek uh, village was in a tower uh, now the uh, greek village is beautiful and yeah. a bustling part of campus if you will well, and and it's been that. there a while you're like you yeah. realize how long yeah. that thing's been yeah. there now it's been there it's like been 24 a- years or so yeah because they were starting it when when i was there they were kind of clearing the land and i remember my, my ex-wife was in a sorority sorority um and so they had like the plans for their house and and i guess right after we left that they that thing got up um and it, yeah it has been there for a while but you know, USC was one of the few schools in the country that had, didn't have anything like that, right? Yeah. Most of those Greek rows and stuff were 100 years old at other schools. Uh, so Carolina's second to none because, you know, they kind of, they were behind. <laughs> yeah. And get caught back up. Anymore. No, no, the whole campus is that way uh, now. And, um, you know, with athletic facilities included, I mean, it's a different, it's a different ball game. So um, hats off to the people in charge. Craig, you're right. 
Yeah, the honeycombs were uh, were an experience to say the least. <laughs> Baghdad, um, yeah, that <laughs> place was. You, you're right that he's he's not wrong. I mean, if you really think about it, like you you know the the porches and you'd walk. You know, they had the, the little holes because they were the they were literally it was a honeycomb. Uh, and you know, you walked out and you're like, well, why am I? What is this? What's going on here? You know, roaches all over the place. It's not like that anymore. But um, but anyways, Harrison, look, man. Uh, we'll we'll all live vicariously through you and and all of your buddies as y'all embark on this journey. Congratulations! That's uh, that's really neat. And congratulations to Jacob, who's also in the chat box today, who just graduated last year in twenty twenty three. And um, and mm-hmm. um, I hope you you don't take this as we're trying to be your dads because we're not. But we're proud of you guys. It's 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 a that's neat, and we're glad to have you here as part of our audience every day. And and um, if we can do anything, let us know. There's uh there's no question about that. So Derek's coming up, JC. I want to I want to turn the page real quick here. Can I? I'm going to ask you because you own it. Am I allowed to read the latest update from Whittle, or would you rather I me? Just got a text from Whittle, JB, and he said discuss as needed. Okay, all right. So I was about to bring that up, brother. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, we've only got a few minutes because we got to get to Derek. He's on a tight ship today, but we will certainly come back to this. I know that JC and Tony have both uh, had some some information on the big spur over the last, well, I guess, twenty four hours or so about the wide receiver and coaching search to fill the void of James Coley now parted for the Dogs. But John Whittle's got one as of just a few minutes ago, and I'll just quote it here. I'll quote the the first few words. Uh, John says, quote, one name to keep a very close eye on as a candidate for the wide receiver coach position position is Mike Fury, whose name may be familiar to some. He played receiver in the NFL for eight years and had a, wow, 98-catch season for the Detroit Lions back in 2006. Fury is currently the head football coach at Limestone. It's his second stint there. He also spent four years with the Bears as their wide receivers coach. He also coached wide receivers uh, at uh, Marshall for three years early in his career as well. I don't know much about Mike Fury. I do probably know somebody who who, who does. Uh, but your thoughts on that, JC? Interesting outside-of-the-box type of uh, consideration uh, if he is the guy. and I, I, If I had to name a favorite it would probably be him right now based on what i've been told um uh but you know i'm not saying he's definitely the guy you know because i I do think there's some a little bit of some some things behind the scenes going on with that but uh okay so the road less traveled (laughs) you know the guy coached you know receivers for the bears when uh matt nagy was the coach i thought matt nagy was just this side of terrible um just really awful you know i i i had no fun watching any of his bears teams play but they're pretty good at receiver i mean you know just because a guy is coaching for a guy that's a failed head coach or it doesn't mean he can't coach the position he played the position he called 98 passes at the highest level one year um went to marshall i'm kind of pretty sure that may be the where the connections from like marshall through luke day uh and the folks at limestone really like this guy i mean you know he's a high energy uh, different kind of guy, you know? And so I, I, I think with the resume, a Beamer, you know, Beamer values NFL experience. Uh, I think that those of you worried about recruiting that want a guy like Coley with a long, 
list of recruiting uh, trophies. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to ask yourself too with NIL and everything else and the way it's structured differently these days, you know, it's not always on just uh, the assistants, uh, you know, to go recruit. And uh, But that said, I have no reason to believe this guy's not going to be a good recruiter. Sterling Lucas had never recruited a day in his life uh, and he's responsible for two straight five stars coming to South Carolina from out of state, which had never happened before. He was the lead recruiter on both those cats. So um, sometimes the guy that's never done it, it, it ends up being pretty good. Um, so I, I uh, you know, I think that uh, I think they'll be in good shape here uh, with uh, with if this is the hire. Uh, now, I, I, and I'll admit, uh, I'm not an expert on this guy other than having watched the bears when he was the receivers coach. But, uh, you know, I think the resume looks pretty good. And certainly if you get on YouTube and start digging into him and listen to him talk, you know, he's a, he's a high energy dude, high energy dude. So, um, and, and a guy has had catching experience, NFL experience. So, you know, here, here we go. I, I'm not, again, not saying this is the answer to all the issues at receiver. And this is a home run. I didn't use the word home run. Uh, I just said it's intriguing and, you know, it makes sense. There's no reason why it can't work out, um, you know, in spite of some of the things people are going to say, like, oh, no recruiting experience or whatever. Yeah, I, I have no opinion because I, I don't know anything about him. I do know they've gone a combined 16-8 in the last couple of years in the SAC. That's the South Atlanta Conference uh, where Limestone plays with a combined 15-3 league record, and they've been in the – uh, playoffs both years as well in the uh in the first round but um you know I, i'll do some digging to familiar f- according to you and john familiarize my name or myself with his name um but uh yeah yeah i mean it certainly looks like there's yeah. some smoke behind this yeah and i think too these days with the portal and, and, and again i said this on jc and morgan Look at A&M and Bama and how they handled their head coaching searches this year. Those are two schools with great, deep resources that get anybody they want. They both went with the best football coach, like mm. football coach, not the name, not the recruiting, not the football coach. And I think in these days where you're going to lose 20% of your roster a year and you have all this turnover, uh, at every school, you're going to start needing guys with coaching chops, maybe above recruiting uh, in a lot of ways because recruiting depends on so much else. Uh, and this guy's coached that position at the highest level. Uh, so there you go. Um, I, I, I would venture to say that's kind of the idea is get a ball coach in here and somebody that can coach these guys up because year after year, your roster is going to be in transition just, just about every offseason anyway. So you're going to need some coaching chops on, on game day and through the development process. Wide receivers coach at Marshall after signing his post as the head coach at Kentucky Christian 2011-2012. And uh, wide receivers coach for the Chicago Bears, 18 to 21. For those wondering if that overlaps with Dowell Loggins, it does not. Loggins was with the Bears 15 through 17, although I'm quite sure they have some familiarity. On that note, Scott is up next. He might know a little bit about this cat. Derek is a Marshall grad. And Mike, as I just mentioned, uh, coached wide receivers at uh, Marshall University from 13 to 15. I did see Derek's tweet here as well. Marshall's totally redone their baseball field. So hats off to the thundering herd uh, for an, a beautiful beautiful complex up there hang tight when we return great 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 voice of Gamecock basketball and baseball he's pulling double B these days with the overlapping of the two sports Derek Scott will join us here on inside the Gamecocks the show I said oh lord Jesus it's a fire ain't nobody got time for that disaster comes uninformed 
during and after natural disasters or accidents, there can be a heavy loss to property. Having your home or office destroyed or damaged by water, fire, smoke, or mold affects your personal and business lifestyle. Resto Pros of the Midlands is here to help. Open 24-7. Call them when you need them. 803-493-0170. Resto Pros of the Midlands. RestoProsMidlandsSC.com. Quality that is guaranteed. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Attention baseball and softball players. For virtual hitting lessons and evaluations, contact former baseball record holder and All-American Michael Campbell at 859-414-8240 or email soupsswingshop at gmail.com. Go Gamecocks. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil Gonna do the Johnson with the crossover off the glass and
Yeah, two zip season and still in. Full swing. Full swing. Carolina is about to hit the road for the Lone Star State College Station. Up next, back-to-back road trips, hoping for back-to-back wins before back-to-back home games begins this weekend when the Florida Gators come to town. This cat will call all of them, as he always does. He's the splendid voice of South Carolina basketball and baseball. Weather permitting, it could be a busy weekend for Derek Scott. So glad to have you, as always, my man. And uh, it was really, really awesome to spend some time with you on opening day. Uh, just shoot a little over a week ago, I guess it was, but uh, always glad to have you. A little over a week ago. Seems like closer to two, but uh, but yeah, it was. It was great to see you in person and meet Phil for the first time ever. And uh, yeah, JC, of course, would not grace us with his presence. No. But, no. Oh, no. It won't be long. I shall. We, we tried. <laughs> He literally said, he's like, I don't care about opening day. You know, yeah, I know. It's like yeah. baseball. Jeez. No, it's like <laughs> I said in the tweet this morning, JB and JC and J Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I, I think I retweeted it. I was like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I thought that was a mistake. I saw it too. I thought it was a mistake. It wasn't. There are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. Just roll with it. Yep. <laughs> you don't you don't make mistakes. You know, you, you can even in today's world, Derek, you can even get away with running down the floor, assaulting somebody. Apparently so. Nothing. Ha- well, let me ask you a question. If you went to a bar tonight and you walked up, popped somebody in the face like that, do you think you're going to spend some time in the slammer? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I think charges can be filed. That That's what's astounding to me, man. It, it really is that that you can have a blatant swing on someone in a game that is so out of, you know, out of bounds that the ejection, no one even questioned it. There was no booing from the home crowd. It was just like, yeah, man, well, you, you did that. Uh, I, I just, I really can't believe there was no further punishment. I, I'm waiting for an explanation. I'm really curious to hear how that is, uh, you know, described by the league office um, because that that is a head scratcher to me to say the least. You think we'll get one? No, I don't. I think someone should be asking for one. Uh, I, I certainly do. think there's a reason to put in a – if you're a reporter, put in a call to the league office and ask for an explanation on that. I mean, if you want to look at it from the standpoint of standing up for Zach Davis, I mean, my man got knocked down. I saw somebody on Twitter tell me that, yeah, he basically whiffed. I don't think he whiffed. Zach was on his face for a few seconds. I don't think he whiffed. Um, but, you know, I, I guess everybody just – you know, views that stuff in a different manner. I just think in football, if you're caught targeting, you know, you sit out the next game. <laughs> and that's and that's a play that more often than not happens, or at least as often as not, happens in the flow of the game, and you go, ah, it's a tough break, man. Uh, this was none of that. This was egregious behavior, and, and somehow sitting out the last 17 minutes of the game is judged to be uh, good enough. I, I'm astounded. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. That was my point yesterday is, you know, you can incidentally, so long as it meets certain criteria in football, if you get called for targeting, even if you didn't mean to do it, you can be suspended for the first half of the game, which will also carry over seasons, not just, yeah, I I mean, you'll have to sit the first half of the next game the next season. Uh, just in- incredibly irresponsible on the part of the SEC for not doing something more for this uh, just by the slippery slope the standard could possibly set. 
Yeah. I, I do I do respect the hardcore fan base though telling me that no, 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 we want Flanagan playing. We need that win at home a few weeks ago to stay a quad one win. So we need him playing so Ole Miss can keep winning games. I'm like, wow. That, well, that, that's what that, I was like. Yeah. <laughs> so incredibly selfish of the SEC because they're obviously trying to get as many teams in the tournament as possible, right there. <laughs> that's what this looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it just it just means more uh in, in, in this league yeah i on that note though you mentioned zach first of all he had the best game of his career and south carolina got back to being south carolina at least in year two under, under lamont paris doing things they do well at unbelievable restraint by him and his teams to stand up take off although he barked a little bit but talk to the bitch let the situation play out and then let the scoreboard do all talking at the end of the ball game, Derek. Well, he was furious, and they, and big ups to his teammates. B.J. Mack and uh, Talon Cooper really took charge of that situation. And now they pretty much acknowledged after the fact that they, they didn't see it, and if they would have seen it, they might have reacted differently. No one saw it live other than Zach. Uh, and, and so, you know, post-game, that was kind of the conversation coming back on the trip was they really, you know, Zach thanked them for kind of calming him down. So he can focus on getting back out there and shooting free throws and, and getting back into the game. But at the same time, I'm not sure anybody would have handled it as well as they did if they would have seen what actually happened because it was infuriating when you saw the replay. Uh, it was it was really shocking to see the replay and think, man, this is. I mean, you guys may not be old enough to remember Kermit Washington taking a swing at Rudy Tomjanovich and and destroying his face. But I mean, this wasn't that far away from that. It was just a blatant sucker punch. It just had no, no justification at all. That's that's this Flanagan kid. His dad, I think he's in his dad, a coach. Yeah. And you know, he's kind of traveled. I mean, but he's also one of their best players and they're on the bubble. Yeah. You know, and and they want to get out. They want to get all the teams they can into the tournament. I mean, I, I honestly don't think Ole Miss is going to make it, regardless. But uh, uh, you know, it's sad that that probably was played into the decision. But I I wouldn't be surprised because, like you guys said, when it's obvious, it's obvious, right? I mean, yeah. if, if that's not if that's not a suspension, what the heck is? Right. I mean, and, and, and honestly, I mean, they're going to host Alabama. Uh, Wednesday night, and if if he's the difference in them winning that game, maybe it does change their postseason outlook. But I'm not sure he will be enough to be the difference after the way I, I got to think Alabama's going to respond pretty angrily to the embarrassment they took on Saturday. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, Alabama, yeah. Alabama hit like 33 pointers. Oh, you know that's a watching Alabama. Sometimes like watching a pickup game where. A dude just get like all the all three of these guys just get unbelievably hot from like thirty feet, and it's just like oh, you know, it's when they get going, man, it's impressive. Well, to see them so, break ninety the other night and lose by twenty yeah. plus, is like, <laughs> man, how and is any did anybody show up with any interest in guarding a soul in that game? I didn't get to see any of it, so I don't it's like know. A, it's like yeah. an NBA game <laughs> mid season, so yeah, yeah. but uh, that was something yeah. else. But you know, Carolina. Uh, I mean, they could probably they they could probably stand for Alabama to lose standings wise. So sure, oh absolutely, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe if Flanagan's the difference in that game, it all works out for the Gamecocks in the end. But uh, I, I'm with you guys. I'm I'm pretty shocked that nothing happened there. Well, I, I yeah, I'm 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 de- yeah. It is what it is. Maybe maybe they'll see each other in the SEC tournament, or you know, Carolina can whip them for a third time or something. Who knows? But. uh you know, Derek, as far as this this group goes, 
looking back last week, you know, sometimes these, like if you're just, you know, this as well as anybody, you, you see up some personal baseball and basketball specifically. Sometimes you get these long breaks when you're playing really well and you're like, oh, God, this is, you just want to get back out there and keep playing. And then sometimes you hit a break where you're like, really need that. And it felt like that after they, after they, they lost the LSU game and, and the manner in which they lost it. You knew the maturity was on this team to, to flush it and move on. But getting those jelly legs out, have a few days to kind of get their feet back underneath them. And then you, you, you cut it on, on on Saturday. Of course, I listened to you for the entire game. I didn't get a chance to watch it until Sunday night. But, uh, but, but the way that they played Saturday, that's them. And, and it's it clear that that five or six days off was a huge, huge help. Well, one thing you have to think about, if they would have had a midweek game, Michi would not have been available. So you would have been, you know, shorthanded in that regard. He would not have been cleared to play by Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, Talon is, you know, leading this team in minutes, and he had had three games in a row that were, you know, really un-Talon-like. He probably, as much as anybody, needed a few days of a recharge. And he came back and played back to his, what we've become familiar with as far as running the show, filling up a stat sheet, no outrageous numbers in any particular category, but really good numbers across the board. And I, I thought about him more than anyone maybe needing uh, that rest. So the combination of a tired Talon and an absent uh, Michi could have been really hard to overcome if he had that midweek game there. So yeah, I'm with you. I think that was a very well-timed off date. And uh, in a season where, you know, some things have aligned, maybe that's another one that just Kind of fell into place. You you saw it live, Derek. I mean, it seemed to me watching on TV, South Carolina was guarding so hard and yep. so close. I remember one time the old Miss guy kind of waved it like a bug. Was was I mean, that's good defense, man. Uh, I, and, I, and I think Ole Miss just didn't want any after a while. They, they just didn't, there, didn't there was a strategic change made in that game too, JC, because the first time we played them, if you remember. Their mid-range game, they got off, man. I mean, both both of Flanagan and Morrell were just unreal for the better, what, 30, 35 minutes, and thankfully they cooled off late. And Lamont made a, a decision. We're going to guard them much more closely in that mid-range, and we're going to end up taking more fouls as a result. And I didn't think about it until he mentioned it in post-game, but he, he pointed, he's pretty much told me, hey, yeah, were they in the bonus early? Yeah. But that was something we had to live with because we had to make them uncomfortable and not let them get into the rhythm. And 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 it ended up working out very well because they, I mean, they didn't make shots really. There were maybe a five or seven minute stretch where they looked like Ole Miss is capable of looking, but for the most part, they just they didn't make much of anything in that contest. No, they shot thirty three percent from the field for the game, just eighteen or nineteen from. Range six two and a half uh, from from the free throw line. Yeah, they were cooked, and, and that's a great that's a great point they made there. I'm glad they did because I didn't I did not catch that uh, at all from from Coach Paris. And then you you know we mentioned the fact that Zach Davis just kind of did what he did stepping up. I when 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 Colin got his third foul because I I was driving listening to you and he got third foul and I was like I, I was I, I we play off of your voice, Derek. So where you go, we go. Where you know. I thought, oh shoot! Yeah, he's got three. What? What's he gonna? No, you know, just kept kept on, kept doing what they do. It's amazing how this team picks each other up. I am. I'm really anxious to ask Lamont about that because he trusted him. He gave him some rope there, 
And mm-hmm. and as a lot of freshmen do, they reminded you why you probably shouldn't have given them the rope. I mean, it was a crazy <laughs> reach in and transition. It was like, with, it's a bad foul with no, if you have no fouls, it was a bad foul. If you've got two in the first half, it is like, what, what, what are you doing there? And so you, I am curious to ask Lamont if it will change his philosophy a little bit with Colin specifically being a freshman as to whether you can trust him to play with foul trouble or if you just have to immediately get the hook out before he has a chance to do something that young kids might think isn't a foul. Because, I mean, Colin reacted like everybody does on every foul, which is, me? What? That? And then and you just kind of like, oh, dude, come on, man. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't really debatable. I mean, it wasn't Alan Flanagan, but it wasn't really debatable. It was a late reach in and transition. So, yeah. You may have to change. You may have to recalibrate your strategy on two foul playing opportunities for the young guys a little bit there. All right, so here we go. Uh, one more, one more trip, uh, or not one more trip, but the the second of of consecutive road trips to College Station. A and M is, <laughs> I mean, Derek, they're 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 really fighting for their postseason lives here. They're losers of four straight. They, of course, beat Tennessee and beat them soundly. Uh, at home, and then they went on the road and had that strange upset last-second loss at Vanderbilt, and that really started this this disaster of a stretch here. Bama beat them by 25, Arkansas beat them by 7, then they went to Knoxville, and Tennessee reminded them of, you know, what payback feels like and beat them by 35. Uh, now they're on the outside looking in or barely hanging on, depending on who you look at and their postseason projections. And they need honestly of the last four games. This is this is probably the one where they can make the most make the most waves. It's a it's a top twenty South Carolina basketball team coming to town. Quad one win, all that stuff. I get well, I guess it's quad two, isn't it? Because Carolina's not in the top thirty of the net. That's crazy. Anyways, um, so they're well aware of that, and they're going to get their best shot tomorrow night. What do you anticipate seeing here? Well, uh, you know. Yeah, you're right. You'll get their best shot, but it's just strange that this bunch has not been able to figure it out. Um, uh, They can't shoot. That's the strange part. They just can't shoot. And there are guys on this team who were a part of a very, very good team last year, and it just has not come back around. I mean, it is Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford, and that is it offensively. And Radford is more of an of a attack-off-the-dribble guy. You don't worry about him beating you from three. When they pulled off a couple of the big wins they have, you know, beating Tennessee, beating Kentucky, especially that Tennessee game, they broke form and they shot the lights out from downtown. So it can happen. It can happen for anybody. But if you want to look over a season-long trend, their offensive strategy is basically those two guards attack the basket, try to get fouls called, If they don't, you throw it up on the backboard and you chase it. They are the top offensive rebounding team in the country. They are crazy aggressive on the offensive glass. They've got a guy named Anderson Garcia whose entire role, I mean, give him credit. They say know your role. His entire game is just go bananas on the glass. He is relentless. He's Rodman-like. He really is. He's not even that big. He's maybe 6'5", 6'6", but he is just a, a nightmare to keep off the glass. And their interior guys, whether it's Wildens Levesque, our old buddy, or Henry yeah. Coleman, I mean, and a kid named Washington who's new in their program this year, that's that's all they got, man. I mean, they can't score unless it is Taylor getting hot or the other dudes just, you know, just basically brawling on the glass and getting stickbacks. And more than anything, getting fouls. Their free throw rate 
So basically the free throw rate is how many free throws do you take compared to how many field goals do you shoot? Theirs is through the roof. Uh, and it has to be. I mean, that is their only formula for success offensively is to live at the foul line in a particular game. So it, it's a strange game to uh, to have to defend them uh, for that. And, and because of that, that's it's really going to be interesting to see what South Carolina's philosophy is defensively, because you are absolutely going to have to be in a five guys going to the glass kind of mentality at the defensive end of the court. Try and keep them from, from just getting – second chance after second chance and keeping possessions alive. Carolina's won eight of 10 in the series did not do so well last year in this game, but, right. um, uh, Frank really kind of, uh, it was interesting because, you know, when buzz coached at Virginia tech, they play in that secret game every yep, year the secret script. Uh, and, and Virginia tech, you know, you get wind of the score and you're like, well, Carolina just got the blood doors blown off of them. Right. Yep. Uh, so he goes to a and M and you're like, Oh my God, he's going to, you know, Oh, well, Kiss that one goodbye. All of a sudden, it's eight out of ten Gamecocks, and they've won in College Station three straight. Yeah. Um, double digits. It's like, well, um, how tough of a place is A&M to play? Talking to Mike Mike Morgan, he's like, it's big. I, I don't know if it was you or Mike. It, it, when they have a big game, it's big and loud, but but maybe it's maybe not one right. of the better. No. Like it's not all. It's not even close to Auburn or Arkansas or something. No, no, it's it's a strange building. Uh, it's it's like. Um, it's like a, a major league ballpark that was built right before Camden Yards happened, and everybody figured out what they were supposed to do with ballpark. Oh, you're talking about the new Comiskey Park? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed right field, man. Yeah, guaranteed yeah, right dude, field. That's, that's, that's about. bingo. bingo. Yeah. It, it, it is strange. They don't have – I mean, think about the money there. They don't have any premium areas. They don't have any suites in that place. And uh, I just keep waiting for them to just blow it up one day and say, we're doing this again, because they yeah, can do that. It opened they, right before well, Colonial Life Arena, right before Bud Walton and Colonial Life Arena, man. if I remember correctly. And and, uh, and so you're right. It's not a great atmosphere. If they're playing well, if you would have gone in there last year, I bet it would have been a great atmosphere. But mm-hmm. by and large, no. And for a midweek game with them scuffling, I don't anticipate it being all that, all that uh, intense. Kind of like what we ran into Saturday. Oxford can be a great place as a home court advantage, but it certainly was not Saturday. The student section never filled in all the way. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, it just comes down to in a lot of campuses this late in the year, are you winning or not? And if you're not getting it done, if you're not putting W's up, they're not necessarily going to be there. Uh, not to the degree that can impact a game, at least. Getting another W, man, Derek, I think it's huge. I think it puts a lot on the table for this team. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, your, your thoughts about that. Uh, if you win this one, I, any anybody who's still scared about what can happen, what can go wrong, what can be a Gamecock hit traditional, uh, you know, collapse – that that's the end of the conversation. If you get this one, I mean, you're 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 done with any debate about whether you're you know. I saw one guy today with the uh, with the athletics still had South Carolina as a should be in as opposed to a you know a lock, which is fine. But he had moved Kentucky to lock status, and I'm thinking, I, uh, yeah, okay, the Alabama win was nice, but don't forget the the game before that they lost to somebody they should never lose to. So I don't understand how they suddenly were moved up other than just name brand bias. Uh, but I think South Carolina is still in that position where you get one more of these, and yeah, forget it. It's 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 no longer a question of are we? It's we are, and then the seeding starts getting into play. And right now, Jerry Palm and Joe Lenardi have us as a six, and I think there's room for growth there. If you finish, yeah. if you finish strong again, road wins in conference against you know quality competition, and no, no matter what you say about AM, there's still quality competition. You get another one of these if you go to six and two in the league in road games, 
that's that's a high leverage move right there. I mean, that's that's yeah. a piece of, uh, of resume material. And then come I mean, on, that might th- get you some net action too. I mean, with yeah, the net hopefully would would be yeah. friendlier, but they'll be right. hanging from the rafters for Florida and Tennessee if that. Well, happens. but you know what, JC? What stinks is spring break is a week early this year. Kids are gone. Friday's the last day of class, and to not have the students on campus for those two games is an absolute gut punch. I hope some of them don't have beach plans and hang around, but it's not going to be what it could be. And, and that really bums me out. That's and very it, disappointing. Oh, it is. It's just, it's so weird because usually spring break is the week of conference tournament play. Yeah. And I don't know what felt differently about the calendar this year, but uh, kids are gone. Friday's the last day of class. And, and that is a bummer. Uh, that's a, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Well, I mean, first things first. And then, and then you got that. If you, if you, this doesn't matter for the game tomorrow, but if you, uh, and I'm not sure if, if um, if uh, Michael DeBase is going to check this or not, but maybe you can. I, I'm pretty sure, Derek, that uh, Saturday's game at the CLA, I'm pretty sure, is the first ranked v. ranked men's matchup since Florida came in in January of 2017. Wow. How about that? I'm that would, that, would, sure. that would make sense. Yeah, you're right. I would not be surprised about that. Got to yeah. remember that game. That was one of the ugliest rock fights of a game I can remember. We were so much hype over that one, and there wasn't there wasn't a person who had eyes that enjoyed watching that game. And then and then they beat them later too. That was after because yeah. they had yeah. gone to Gainesville yeah. and gotten run, and yep. then or maybe maybe that was after that. I don't know. What it was it was after that. The and, home and, game was the first of the three matches. I'm sitting right. there going, yeah, I'm like, and probably I was probably wrong about this. I was sitting there, man. I hope Wisconsin beats Florida, you know, and and then because you don't want to play a team three times or whatever, hey, but but they pulled it out. So great, great, great story for you. I was, you know, we beat Baylor. Stay at Madison Square Garden. We're we're the flavor of the, of the moment. So I'm doing radio interview after radio interview in the in the in the bowels of the Madison Square Garden. Didn't get to see much of that second game. I go back out courtside and I'm watching the second half and I'm ready to duck out of there before the game's over with. And I run into a couple of our assistant coaches who had stayed behind to scout and they were thinking the same thing. And I was like, I'm grabbing an Uber guys, just pop out with me and we'll get, we'll get out of here. And we go out a side door and we get back to the Marriott Marquis and we go up the lobby of the Marriott Marquis is elevated. It's like on the eighth floor or something. You go up the elevator and you come into the lobby and all of game cognition is at the lobby bar and we get in there just in time to see Chioza hit that shot and flip the script. And then they all looked at each other like, son of a, there goes our scouting report. But hey, we've we've got the scouting report on these guys already. So let, let's let's have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody walked out of that arena thinking we were getting the Badgers and assistant coach Lamont Paris two days later. And then it Wow. On us, so. What a what a I wonder if there's some seeds planted there with Lamont Paris in the building that uh, weekend with all those all those Gamecocks <laughs> in New York. Wow, wow, wow! That's a, that's so funny. But yeah, hey, it worked out. So that was that was good. I was I'll admit I did not want to play Florida again, but you know what? What do I know? So. Well, that worked out. Yeah, they were Carolina was high. I'm not so sure anybody who stepped on the floor of them that day was gonna was gonna beat them. Any? any I'm not sure if you have one. Do you have a studio update for us or no? Uh, no, I don't. I've okay. been on the run with with uh, my high school league, my real work responsibilities, and uh, and I will I will not know anything until uh, I get to the airport today. I'm guessing. So, all right, uh, Derek, uh, want to quickly squeeze some baseball in with you tonight? You've got Gardner Webb at uh, four. Well, you won't be calling that game. Kate, Cade will be filling in for you yep. 
alongside the very talented Stuart Lake. Y'all, the by the way. Maven. You dudes are dude. working them hard. I love it, man. Yeah. Stuart, Stuart's going to have to uh, figure out how to balance his time a little better. He's, he's, a, he's a, He is the new Larry King. He's on everybody's show. He's, <laughs> yeah, he, he, I know. He, well, you know, it, it, I'd like to think we started this last year. People yeah. are falling in line now, yeah. but that, that's okay. He's, he's still our stew. We'll lend him out. Um, first and foremost, listening to you, two, and I can hear it sometimes, you, especially in the first couple of broadcasts, you kind of tee him up and see if he can hit it out of the park. I mean, he's he's not very good at the whole predicting the length of the home run thing, but outside of that, he's been <laughs> – he's been, he's been, Yeah, and he's no, been special he's, up there. He's really good. Oh, he's been great for a newbie. I mean, I, and I thought he would be. When we asked him to start yeah. doing this a couple of years ago, filling in, and I, but, you know, I never got to work with him then. He was with Tommy when I would travel. Uh, but I have I really have been incredibly enthused and excited about it. And, and I work with someone uh, in my day job who's a baseball guy, played college ball, still around the sport a lot. And that's what he has brought up to me on a couple of occasions, how much he has enjoyed listening to Stuart just basically talk baseball. He says, you just feel like you're just hanging out by the dugout and listening to a guy talking while the game's going on. I said, that's what we're going for. That's that's what he's there for. And uh, he's he's been super. He really, really has. And for that matter, so is Cade. Cade is Kate is yeah. as young as Kate is. Kate's going to be a star in this business. And he is, you know, I, I, I leave town with zero concerns about how things are going to be handled. And that's a, that's a great place to be this time of year. Well, uh, you, you got that right. And don't, you know, make sure you pat yourself on the back too, because you and Stewart are the best thing to listen to when it comes to calling college baseball. It's just, it really, I, I, I try to bounce around and, and pick up other streams and stuff. Cause I, I love college baseball. I'll sit up Derek till three in the morning and watch Hawaii play. And, uh, and and listening to you two is 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 literally it's just peaceful and it's it's fantastic. We love it. Thanks for what you do. Uh, hopefully this season will will be really special. It so far is off to a good start. We won't get too much into all the 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 you know the stats of the players and this set and the other. Some guys are kind of getting some things figured out now. But one of the things that I've noticed once again he gets the ball today is how much confidence and how much they like Eddie Copper because. Mm-hmm. You know, he came out, he kind of had the butterflies a little bit. You, you could feel it when he was on the mound that first oh, year. Yeah. Yeah. Right back out it. there. Feel it. Yeah. 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 You could, I felt it at least. You know, you could yeah. feel what he was going through. Um, but since then, he, he's kind of calmed down. It just feels like it, through eight games, is it g- generally good teams do eight, nine, ten games? They start to get their feet underneath them, and it, it looks like they're starting to figure out some roles. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, um, I won't be there, but I think I'll probably see the lineup posted on social before we get in the airplane. I'm real curious to see if Kennedy Jones is yep. back in the lineup today because he certainly made an argument for himself to be there on Sunday. And he may have struggled in the preseason. He may have struggled in the fall. But, you know, they like to say sometimes, look at the back of the baseball card. Um, his numbers the last couple of years at Greensboro are strong as Ajax, man. Uh, and yeah. I, I would give him, uh, I'd like to see, I'd get, I'd get another look at him. That's for sure. Going into the Clemson series and, and see if, if he's a guy that can really add a spark, because I, I know this for a fact, when they, when they signed that kid, when they got the commitment out of the portal, the thought process then was that's our five hole hitter every day, right in the lineup, Petri Messina Jones. That's it. Uh, and so that's not something that, you know, it's not like a new concept that he could be a big part of this team. It's just, he's got to, uh, he's got to be able to show it while, you know, while the band's playing since the, the preseason did not go as expected. Absolutely. I hundred percent agree. JC knows that well. I mean, I know there's some NIL stuff out there for him, but he's an outstanding 
when the lights come on, seemingly so does he. Uh, and and I'm with you. I, I'd like to see uh, him in the lineup again today and 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 starting to get it under control because we know what's coming up this weekend. For those that are paying attention, the weather is going to be a fact. I myself, just in looking at the NOAA update last night, I think they're going to try to move up Friday's start, Derek, because it looks like a lot of that rain is going to be after like 8 o'clock Friday night. I think they're going to try to get it in a little earlier. I try not to dig into that stuff too much because yeah. the reality of it is I don't know what I don't know, and I'm not <laughs> sure what they know. Uh, but, they, you know, those guys guys that have been doing this for a lot of years, having to manage that, I am curious to see where we end up. If, if it's an early game, if it's just, hey, an early announcement that we're banging it and they're going to try and reschedule later in the season, I, I don't know what to expect because Friday night definitely doesn't look good right now. That's, mm. that's much just for sure. So. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it does not. There's no doubt, but it's got to feel good, and I'll leave it at this with Carolina Clemson baseball. Not to overlook our web tonight, we're very capable of coming in and and an upset in South Carolina. This is baseball; it happens. Look around the country, but but we don't get you before Friday. Uh, so with this series, I, I think I mentioned this to Coach Tanner not too long ago. It, it, this feels normal again, mm-hmm. and I mean that as a compliment toward to Clemson too. Right. The old days of this series, this was the best rivalry in the country for a reason. They were always in the top 25, both teams. They always had preseason All-Americans. They always hit the ball out of the yard. Everybody was always fired up, ready to go. They always had a bunch of dudes. And both teams have that again. And and I'm, I that's what makes this this series doesn't mean anything for what you're going to do the rest of the year. You can get swept, go win the national championship. This, this doesn't affect that. But it is the best college baseball series alongside Ole Miss and Mississippi State when they're good, I think, in the country for all those reasons. And I feel like we've got that back. No, no question. Uh, and the fact that the series is structured the way it is, too, home, home, and neutral, uh, to me, that that makes it stand out even more than a lot of them. Like you're talking about Mississippi Mississippi State. They don't do that, obviously, because it's conference play. I think having the traveling road show for three days is what makes this extra special. Uh, and the fact that you can see a sellout in any of those venues so to me, it is it's still the best, but you can't say that if both teams aren't elite. You can only argue that in your heart. And now it's not about that. It's about, yeah, these teams are both very, very good, legitimate national contenders. So there's nothing about it that's lacking. Uh let's just hope Mother Nature doesn't, you know, crap all over us this weekend. So Derek has got uh tomorrow college station cut on the Gamecock Sports Network at eight PM our time, eight thirty tip. Uh, Thursday night, coaches call in show, like yes. six o'clock at uh, Liberty Tap Room in the Vista. Go see Derek and have a beer with Lamont. I noticed he likes to drink beer at those things. That's pretty neat. Um, did Frank ever drink beer at the call in show? No, Frank doesn't drink. Frank, Frank quit. Well, he, yeah, allergic. Yeah. He got yeah. he got sick. Um, oh, he told yeah. he told the story. It was some kind of like he got like his daughter said, "Look, you're allergic to this stuff. Stop, stop no, doing I, it." Like because tell me that one day that'd be good. There, for me. there, there are some stories out there, but back in the Bob Huggins days, <laughs> yeah, about Frank and uh, those guys. But uh, it's uh, it's all public record. I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know. Correct. So they're, they're getting their money out of you. You got you, you fly today. You call it tomorrow night. You've hosted on Thursday night. Friday we're going to play baseball. Friday, let's all be all confident. Right. There. there you you're go. Call that game. Saturday you got hoops, and then Sunday you're calling baseball again in Clemson. Yes, sir. All true. Woo. Man, and trying and trying to do the thing that actually pays my my mortgage and my and my car payment, which has nothing to do with any of that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, time well, of year. Hey, as as the great John pointed out to us yesterday, 
I'm gonna have to go take a look at this Clemson lineup. It lo- looks like a hockey, looks like a hockey team when you see all these last names. Nobody's ever seen any of these guys before. We don't know who they are. So you've got some work to do, my man. Oh, did he freeze? Oh, he did. Oh, He's frozen. That's an he awesome look. He got tired of it. Yeah. yeah well, Derek. No, there he is. Oh, there he is. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. Okay. Derek, we know you got to go. Thank you for all, all right. the time. Thanks for everything you do. You make it, it It's such a pleasure to listen to you do what you do, my man. We'll talk next week. All right, guys. Have a good week. There you go. Derek. Derek's got about to get on the plane here shortly and head to uh, the college, college station. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! I think what we should do one year, maybe we'll do it this year. When, what day does Halloween fall on? Does anybody know, happen to know? Oh, hold on. The day of the week? Yeah, what day of the week? It's all funky because it has been the last couple of years. Like Thursday this year. Oh, Thursday? Back, back towards Wednesday. Okay. So back that's towards not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Thursday's oh, not bad. Perfect. This is perfect. That, that Saturday, the second, the Gamecocks host the Aggies. So on Halloween, we all dress as the male cheerleaders for Texas A&M. It's perfect, dude. I'm gonna. I've got man. I'm thinking assless chaps and <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. I, you, I'm gonna go all out on that now. That's I, I got months. I got. I've got. Uh, I've got how many months to plan this? Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of time. Wow, <laughs> I had no idea they were playing that weekend. So that's it. That's it. Williams Bright, and I was gonna say I didn't know. It just correlated perfectly. We'll all be dressed as. But we got to learn the cheers, though. Who can we get to do this? You think uh, Mike can't do that? He, he... Mike can't. Yeah, Mike couldn't. Mike couldn't cross that line. I probably shouldn't. We can get some. I don't care. Who cares? But you got to get the. I got a couple of characters. I'm gonna surprise you guys with here soon. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> I got a lot up my sleeve. All I've right. been looking on Amazon for costumes. Mm. <laughs> <Nice>. For what? <laughs> for the show, man. I'm I'm ready to take this to the next level, character wise. I got some other. I got some um, some surprises for everybody out there. Well, that's a shame you missed out on being with Coach Andon yesterday because we could have had. You know, I'm sure that would have brought out a few accents. Well, how about you? Man? The football. Oh yes, football. <laughs> So anyway, no, um, that was, uh, I did hate I missed that. And I'm sorry to the audience. It, it was not planned that I was going to miss yesterday, but I was literally on the phone all day with a very important business matter. That's uh, all good. Um, that we'll yeah. all figure out, you know, it, it, trust me. I, I did, didn't mean to miss on a Monday after, especially after victory. Dude, you know how much better around my house it is like on Sundays after a Carolina victory than not, but it's because of me and my mood. <laughs> It's all because of me. That's right. But, yeah. um, I didn't yeah. get to watch the game live on Saturday. I was glad that we won when I watched the replay. I was like, well, man, yeah, I hate watching the Yeah, I got, <laughs> got kind of nervous. And then, like, so, like, second half, Carolina started out pretty well. Then my mom called. And so I had to walk out of the bar and talk to her. And then I couldn't see. I kind of was trying to peek in to check the score. And then some dingleberry turned it to hockey. And he's a friend of mine, so I wasn't going to say anything. So I ended up pulling it back up on my phone, and Carolina was up 17. Uh, And we got a text from Morgan before I pulled it back up on my phone saying, Daggers, they won. Mm -hmm. And it was only that they had gone up 17 points. They hadn't won yet. 
And so I was like, oh, am I not live here on my phone? So I was very confused, but Hey, I'll take it. Cause that was, that game was that one. And this one, man, they've been the ones, I mean, look home game, Florida's really good. They could easily come in and beat Carolina. Tennessee is probably going to be the favorite when they come in, but those are home games and home games. You like, you know, college basketball, you, you like your chances, right? This, these against these teams who aren't as good as Carolina, let's just be honest. They're not. You know, these have worried me. So uh, I'm going to be full of relief if the Gamecocks go into College right. Station. And with the way, dude, a is going to have to play a lot better than they have been to beat Carolina. I'll just be honest. Mm. I mean, yeah. Vandy, right. Arkansas at home, then they got blown away by Bama and Tennessee. And today? Derek's Today's a, the 27th, right? Yeah, yes. Derek said they can't shoot either. So yeah, they're, they're woefully inconsistent. So let's just hope they don't pull the upset. Well, it's going to be a it's going to be a battle. There's no doubt. They're playing for their postseason lives, and um, we'll see. Plenty on that more today and and tomorrow as we work towards it. Always good to listen to the great Jimmy Buffett. Hale McGranahan is great too. He's up next and a weather update for Friday. A little bit more detailed. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, 
you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. It's a four o'clock first pitch today at Founders Park. If you are headed to the ballpark, you will see Gardner Webb walk in and look to upset the Gamecocks as game nine is set to get underway uh, here just a little while as part of the 10 game homestand to open the season for South Carolina. As we just spoke about with uh, Derek. Uh, you will see Eddie Copper, the freshman on the mound today for South Carolina. Four innings, three walks, two strikeouts thus far this year. He'll face Reed Bertram, the right-handed uh, or redshirt sophomore lefty uh, who's also throwing four innings, one walk, two strikeouts, and has not given up a run. While there, if you are looking to get full and keep warm, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue's got you covered. They present the national anthem every day at noon, but if you walk down the right field line or when you walk in from center field and walk around down the right field line, you'll see their food truck and you'll see their food. And it is special. There's the menu if you're watching. You can see it. The Big Text, the Big Porker sandwiches are available. The Mac Attack. They've got the barbecue box where you can do uh, the beef brisket or the pulled pork along with some smoked mac and cheese, some barbecue beans, coleslaw, and then you get the either sweet heat or the Carolina bold mustard sauce. You can just get a side if you want. Uh, and uh, it's all right there down the right field line at uh, at Founders Park. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue is the official barbecue 
of Gamecock baseball this year inside the friendly and hungry confines of Founders Park, BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com to schedule any catering needs you may have. We've got the summer coming up. We've got graduations coming up. We've got all kinds of stuff. As the weather heats up, we'll all be out and about doing things, and we all need food to do it, and they can do it. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com is where you go to order the Carolina Gold, the Sweet Heat, and the Secret Spice Rub, which you can put on anything, and I did that last night. I put it on the kids' broccoli, and that makes them eat it, which is awesome. So thanks to Mr. <laughs> it's Bill, a miracle. Uh, for that. It's a miracle from the Lord. They put the rub on the broccoli, and they eat the broccoli. Hey, Bill. Yeah. I don't, that sounded too much like Bill Cosby. You put the rub on the broccoli and they eat the broccoli. You know, now look, uh, shout out to Billy G. I got a text from him yesterday. He said, I just sent you and your wife five bottles of rub and some sweet heat. All right. So thank you, Billy G. We can, right, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to get our little watering hole because they serve pulled pork. And so I, I'm trying to get them to. To give him some out of state business up here in Chicago land, I bet they like Aaron. What is this? This is delicious, you know. But uh, it's uh, it's good to have that. Now, by the way, the sandwich was named Big Tex, uh, mm-hmm. so I was laughing because I want. I've already. I'm just going to do this, and I want my name to be Big Tex when we dress up like the uh, the the Aggie uh, yell leaders. If that's okay with you guys, yes, that's fine. I don't care. We'll, we'll I'm claiming that, that for you. Yeah, big we'll, we'll reserve that for you. Yeah. Big Hi, text. I'm Big Tex. Yeah. That's uh, a. I'd say let's do it. Reveille, Miss Reveille. As long it was as I my get idea, so I don't want to back out on it. As long as I get to be all Big Tex, I'm fine. You know? <laughs> Who's got we? Is there? There's got to be a. Or, or is Hale waiting? Is it, we have Hale yet? He no? just popped in, so we're good. Okay. We, there's got to be – you can get pop him in anytime. There's got to be a YouTube – like a YouTube instructional video on the yells. their their stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I, I bet there's a costume on Amazon. Yeah. I bet there's a costume on Amazon. Do you think – I mean, what? It's just, just coaching shorts. There's got to be like much. an Aggie Traditions type place that you can buy those uh, overalls. Yeah, we well, yeah. have to. You got to get the. You got to get the fade cut, though, JC. You're gonna have to trim the beard and get the fade cut. Oh, that's coming. I'm about to head to get it all cut off again soon. Um, the whole hair. Thing. So, we came up with this idea, uh, for because Carolina's playing it. This is how we even thought about this. Uh, on tomorrow night they play in College Station in basketball. So I thought well maybe on the we, we like to you know we'd like to have fun right and so i thought well maybe on halloween this year since uh, phil informed us it's on a thursday we'll all dress up like aggie yell leaders and then we figured out that that saturday two days later the gamecocks host texas a&m so maybe we can bump you to halloween and you can dress up with us could put you at the top of the pyramid don't they make pyramids do you, do you know all these pyramids the, do you know all the, the yellows and all that? Hell? I don't know. I'm I'm familiar with with that stuff. <laughs> I feel like because I entered this conversation like in the middle of it, that I don't want to agree or disagree. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not making commit. any commitments right don't now. Don't commit to anything right now, hell. Right. <laughs> but I'll, don't you I'll, get back I'll, to me in October. More. <laughs> I, I I'm open to a conversation. We accept all weeks. What Hale's basically saying is, I, 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 uh, I accept all of you as friends, and um, I'll be sick that week. 
is what yeah, he's kind of he trying to tell us. not so. feeling well that week. Please, please respect my religion. That's right. <laughs> that being said, I'm not sure. It's okay, man. That's we'll, not we'll, figure it, we'll figure it out. As long as we, <laughs> as long as we get JC in the, in the in the flow of it, we'll be fine. Um, all right, Hale. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, John Whittle did put up on the Big Spur just a little while ago a name to keep an eye on for the wide receivers coaching position. For those that are just during your lunch hour, thank you. Uh, to recap this quickly, Mike Fury, the head coach at Limestone, is a name he said, "quote." keep a very close eye on um there is more history to him former nfl wide receiver former nfl wide receivers coach he also coached wide receivers at marshall i said i was gonna ask Derek about it and i didn't i screwed that up but that's okay um i'm not so sure hale uh, have you been dipping your toes into this wide receivers coaching search or have you really been more on the recruiting side of things here in the last few days more on the recruiting side of things but but doing what i can it's Whittle Whittle's been leading the charge with with this particular name here within the last I don't know sixteen or hour sixteen to eighteen hours however long it's been since he got word that this this could be a name to keep an eye on so I I can't speak to too much beyond what he's reported or what JC and or Tony have put out there uh, but I do think if, if Mike Fury is potentially the guy at South Carolina to coach receivers. I I think the resume's really good. You you talk about what recruits look for. Let, let's put the NIL conversation aside. Let's let's just pretend for yeah. a few seconds that that's not a factor. The the number one thing that the guys are looking for, regardless of position they play, they want to play and they want to get to the league. Mike Fury played in the league, and and if he's got a, a good opportunity potentially at South Carolina or wherever else or or whoever the South Carolina wide receivers coach is, if if they've got a an opportunity to sell playing time, that's going to help. And and if you can do it in an offense that, that puts up numbers, that's going to help too. And if and if you can give yourself a shot to go play in the NFL, then that's really going to help. So that 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 to me just generally across the board, th- those are factors that. They're very important, and, and if you're potentially talking about a coach who's not only played in the league but coached in the league, those are pretty good selling points. He coached the for the Bears, Matt Nagy. JC, you've been in Chicago for too long. I, I don't think I know. Uh, that's I, I, well I, I just know I did. I was not a fan of Nagy. That doesn't mean his receivers coach was bad or good. I just I hated watching that offense because it was a lot of yeah. little chunk and dunk passes and and stupid stretch runs and stuff. But um, I'm trying to think how, if their receivers were good or bad then. And they had Allen Robinson. He was yeah. Allen was good. Um, yeah. I wonder if uh, yeah. So and they they had a couple of playoff teams. I mean, it wasn't. Hmm. Nagy wasn't as bad as this guy. So uh I think if you look on on online, there's some videos of him coaching. This dude's high energy. I mean, he's a – you talk about Sean Elliott bringing the energy. Uh This guy's a high energy dude, just like Elliott and DeCamillis and some of the other guys. So, um no, he didn't coach there when Dowell was there. He can't, I think Dowell was right before Matt Nagy. Yeah, um, during John Fox. But anyway, that's yeah, uh, Dow was Dow was fifteen through seventeen RLE, and um, yeah. 
and he arrived in 2018. I'm sure that, that clearly, yeah. I'm sure they know each other. But yeah. Yeah. Matt Nagy was uh, the coach. The, the 2018 team was that team where the kid from Florida donked the field goal, and they lost at home to the Eagles because the guy easy field goal and it went dunk. And he, it was a former Florida kicker. I remember that, but that was, that's infamous around here, but no, I mean, look, man, I, I don't got, if you coach the, if you coach at the highest level, uh, at a position, you know, you know how to coach that position. I, I think a lot of people too. I mean, look, James Coley was kind of the opposite, kind of the name recruiter, been around a lot, He's coached a lot of different positions, been a coordinator, that kind of thing. You know, this is kind of the coming from the other direction out of the box uh, a bit. And I, I think that to me, Hale, getting a guy that can recruit is very important because you got to recruit your position. But I don't think if you look at this program and who's been successful recruiting here, I don't think it's necessarily about having this big track record when you come in because a lot of guys with the big track records couldn't do it. And a lot of guys that just kind of, came on board and had no experience, were able to. Um, I think it's more important uh, for all coaching staffs of college football now because of the turnover on your roster yearly to have some dudes that can coach. I mean, like coach, 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 coach them up. You know, uh, I think that's that's probably a little – that's probably coaching chops, I think, are going to come back. Uh, you know, and I think this guy certainly looks like he can coach, you know. I, I look at it like this, JC. Since I've been covering this program starting in 2016, the receivers coaches have been a combination of like Brian McClendon, who was thought to be this really good recruiter coming in. And I, I think we know that that didn't necessarily pan out at South Carolina. I mean, the best guys that he signed to play receiver while he was here were, were in-state guys, plus yeah. Josh Van. That, that, that other people signed for yeah 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 and josh fan his best season wasn't even under bmac so yeah just justin step came in as as a what was believed to be a really good recruiter and, and he had his his challenges too so i you know i think it's a case-by-case basis I, I heard you guys talking about this earlier jc and you, you made the sterling lucas comment uh and, sure. and he didn't have any experience as a recruiter and, and he's done just fine. So yeah, I right. think it's more about a, does the guy have a personality? Can he relate to people? Is he, you know, check some of those types of boxes that, that don't necessarily apply to just coaching football or, or recruiting high school football players. Like, yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear that he, he would check those boxes and, and be, and probably more importantly than, than anything else is, is are you willing to work and, and, and do it? That's mm-hmm. something that not a lot of people think about. I'm not saying that that wasn't the case with Brian McClendon or Justin Stepp. I'm certainly not saying that, but mm-hmm. that's that's a factor. And then you've got to be able to recruit and evaluate mm-hmm. and all that, or excuse me, not not recruit. You got to be able to evaluate and identify talent and and know what what good looks like. And, and I think if you're talking about Mike Curry, who's played at the highest level, uh, coached at 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 lower levels and. Uh, I, I think he's probably pretty good at at least evaluating because if you're coaching at Marshall, that's an important part. If you're coaching at uh, anywhere else like Limestone, like you got to be willing to to dig up and, and try to find the, the best guys available. So uh, I would I would think that he he's probably pretty good 
that way too. Like, He's won it limestone too. Turned it back around. Uh, they were struggling under <laughs> under under Turk and Brian Turk, and then they. Uh, He's won eight and nine games there, and I think they won zero the year before. Um, Hard to win up there, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, it's a, it's a it's a fly. I mean, it's a brand new kind of small, very small deal. Yeah. Um, I know people in Gaffney have a lot of pride for limestone and things like that, but it's a uh, it's interesting. And the thing about because we talked about this about Kalen DeBoer um, and having his rise, you know, sixty seven and three at Sioux Falls. Guys at that level can normally coach right? Really good <laughs> because you, you don't really have that big talent advantage one way or the other at uh, D2, D3. D3 doesn't even have any scholarships. D2, you know, you're limited and, and everybody's kind of playing, you know, playing with the same level guys. In most cases, you can luck up and get a Mario Anderson or something. Uh, but uh, you kind of look at it and he, uh, and you're supposed to win, You've got to know what you're doing coaching wise. There are very few coaches at that level that are uh, that are winning that you, you just go and say, well, they're just a recruiter or not really an X's and O's type. So that's a positive too. He's not going to come here to be the head coach, but he's going to come here and be the uh, the receivers coach. And so you have to think there's there's probably something good about his coaching uh, that we can all feel confident about. Yeah, I, by the way, I just went back and pulled the the stats at Marshall. Just curious. I mean, I'm not exactly sure who he did and didn't recruit and all those type things. I just wanted to see what the receivers did, uh, 13, 14, and 15 under his leadership. And um, they had a one cat who had over 1,000 yards consecutive years, Tommy Shuler. <laughs> Interesting enough, guys, in 2013, uh, Tommy Shuler had 106 for 1,165 yards and 10 touchdowns. And that's a – that's a that's a special season, but how about this? Uh, in in uh, Busta Anderson form, but on steroids, their tight end Harold Hoskins caught fifty passes again in twenty thirteen for eight hundred and twenty one yards. And how about this? Of the fifty, he caught. 15 touchdowns um that's I, I i mean i don't think that has anything to do with mike fury but 15 touchdowns 50 catches that's something uh old tommy Schuler, uh by those numbers should have had 30 touchdowns that year but anyways uh i, I remember tommy as a recruit i covered him he's five, five little tiny guy but south florida uh, kid he boogered it around up there pretty good. I mean, their quarterback was Rakeem Cato. He threw for over 8,000 yards in two years. Another Florida um, kid. Doc Holliday, their coach, former coach, used to be really good at getting guys out of South Florida. Yeah. Uh, Marshall. This guy swung it around up there. But anyway, so we'll see. I, I, I think one of the things that keeps getting for always in South Carolina, look, they, they do from time to time, of course, sign elite receiver. Al Sham is an elite receiver, as we all well know. And, and things like that. But like honestly, if you go back over the years, <clears throat> I know Debo was, you know, ranked in the top 250 or whatever you want to call, but I mean, was he considered uh, at the time a an elite receiver in in coming out of the high school ranks? Sidney I'm wasn't. The, I'm the only one that ranked him high. You know, yeah, you know, you know Brian, Brian was a guy who but outside of that, generally around here, you've got to develop guys. And I and and, and that's one of the things, you know, people were ju- kind of jumping on um, <clears throat> jump jumping on Justin Step, and when he has an answer, I don't think we can judge Justin Step really. All, most all his guys are young dudes. In two, in a couple of years, we'll probably have a lot better grasp on on what he was able to bring to school. But he won't be here to develop them, Hale. But I think that that's one thing that this position has always needed—a guy who can develop them once they get on campus. 
Yeah, for sure. Because uh, in a state like South Carolina, where there there are oftentimes going to be guys who get overlooked in the recruiting process, uh, and and there are always going to be a ton of receivers across the country, not just in this state, but across the country. Like you know, guys are going to get overlooked or or you know going to be rated too low on- online. So uh, with that, you also have to be willing to to trust your evaluation and and be willing to to go recruit and offer and try to sign guys who who maybe aren't necessarily the the big name type of prospects who have a bunch of offers that that to me is is where it it can get tricky especially for a position like wide receiver where there are just so many of them that uh that just because a guy doesn't have you know 15 power 5 offers and four stars like doesn't mean he's not going to be any good. Again, the right. Debo Samuel example, and the, the, the kind of came out of nowhere. The <laughs> state of South Carolina, too. I mean, you, you, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna name something like New Hopkins, low four star, barely a four. Brian Edwards, low four star. Shai Smith, low four star. Mike Williams, low four. Sidney Rice, high three. Bruce Ellington, not rated basketball recruit. Yeah. Nick Jones, mid two star. Debo Samuel, mid three star. Farrah Cooper, high three star. Kenny McKinley, late Kenny McKinley, high three star. Cool. All those hey. guys are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they're in that conversation too. I mean, when, when South Carolina Excellent. signed them, like they they had some higher rated receivers uh, ahead of them on scholarship and they were going to gray shirt them. And then they signed them on the final day of the early signing period and was sort of an afterthought. And, Ended up playing more than Kevion Mullins and Taekwon Johnson that first year, and obviously mm-hmm. is a much better college career. As, Shoot, as yeah, I forgot Xavier's on there too. He was, he was, I think he was a low four by twenty four seven, high three by everybody else. Yeah, so, I think. Yeah, and then look, you know, Farrow and Kenny McKinley obviously aren't from South Carolina, but the rest of these guys are from the state. You know, so I, I. There's a track record there, you know. <laughs> uh, are there I mean, are there any other names in addition to to this guy? I know JC, you had mentioned one. I think Tony's mentioned one. Well, I, I've heard names like like you know Jason Barnes, who's an alum. He's at um, Charlotte, and you Charlotte. know obviously played here when Beamer was here, and is a good up and coming coach. Uh, Quinshad Davis, who I just mentioned, or I think I mentioned him. Uh, he should be on that list of in state guys. Well, he went to North Carolina, of course, and I think set a record up there. He was uh, Elliott's receivers coach at, at, at Georgia State. Um, the guy at Coastal was kind of given a buzz name. And then Tony had the receivers coach at Virginia Tech. What's his name, Hale? Yeah, Fon- Fontel, Fontel Mines. Fontel yeah. Mines. Uh, Tony said that, that they reached out to Fontel Mines or something. But um, So those are some other names. I mean, I, I right now, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably say the guy from Limestone. But I also – you know, some information I've dug it up and digging about this situation last night, you know, it, 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 it looked, I would say it looked like last night is less, it looked likely, but not done. So there you go. Likely, Dude. but not done. So there you go. Dude, this guy's, he's ripped. Holy smokes. Yeah, dude. He, yeah. He's, he's a different cat, you know? Wow. Um, so we'll All see. Right. Kind of like, he reminds me of Hale's build a little bit. He's got the, Huh. Bald head and the big muscles and hold not. We, we can't put Hale at the top of the the, the oh, no, man pyramid. You got yeah, half of those things right, JB. The the muscles, not the, not the bald. Intact. The hair's intact. 
He's he, I, you know what? Seriously, he he does kind of. He's another Phil. He kind of looks like Phil. If we just put some muscles on Phil, we might have him hosting our show here, uh, producing uh, producing our show. All right. Um, to, uh, to to the combine to recruiting, we we'll get you out of here. So the combine starts Thursday, but uh, for those interested in just watching South Carolina, it really starts Friday because you got the defensive backs and the tight ends. So Trey Knox and um, Marcellus Dial. We'll get their crack at it. I think it's three o'clock on the NFL Network. I'm pretty sure is when they begin their coverage on Friday. Yes, that's correct. And then Saturday at one o'clock, if you want to have dual TVs going, you can have hoops at noon, Florida, South Carolina, and you've got Spencer Rattler and you've got Xavier Leggett. And then on Sunday at uh, one o'clock, Nick Gargiulo will participate with the offensive line. And that also begins at, uh, at one o'clock. So, hey, one of the things that's been going on around the country is there's been increasing chatter about about Spencer Rattler and climbing the draft boards. I'm, I don't know if he'll if he'll get all the way into round one. I know we've had a, a former scout here who thinks he should be, but others at least have got him in the second round and got him in the third round, kind of out of that fourth and fifth range. What have you been reading, seeing? Have you have you spoken with anybody? What's the, what's the latest on that front from your end? Haven't haven't done any talking with with anyone who who follows it, but he seems to be a hot name right now. And if if anyone who's been following on their own, I think it's pretty clear that most people are are Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May as as the top three quarterbacks. And there's sort of the the next tier of guys below them. And and I think it's probably a matter of of who you talk to as far as where Rattler is and that, that next tier of guys, uh, the names are you know, JJ McCarthy, Michael Pratt. Um, and, mm-hmm. and there are a few others who are slipping my mind, but, but Rattler's right there in that conversation as a guy who apparently, according to a story that Albert Breer wrote, who I mean, he spoke with, with an NFL executive that Rattler's, Thought to be one of those guys who, who could potentially be a starting quarterback one day down the road. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll be a first round pick, but uh, I think there are like seven to nine quarterbacks in this draft class who are, are thought to be in that sort of echelon of player. And what that means for his draft stock, I, I think that's going to be determined really over these next two, three, four weeks as as he gets through the combine to pro day at South Carolina next month and, and really gets closer to the draft date. I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago when, when I was on talking about, about his draft stock that I sort of formulated the idea, the opinion a year ago that if somebody like a Malik Willis could be a third round draft pick that Spencer Rattler could be too. And, and, Yep. I know that a lot of that's going to depend on who else is in the draft class. But if you're just talking a baseline of, of what makes sense to me, I I can't see a scenario in just my opinion. I, you know, I'm certainly not a draft expert, but I can't see a scenario where he gets gets out of the third round. And there's some chatter going around right now that he could be a day two guy, which is the second round. So, uh, this again, this will be a, a big week for him. He had a, a good, strong showing at the Senior Bowl throughout practice, and was obviously one of the MVPs in the game. So I, I think uh, 
that that the arrow is pointing up on him, and I don't see any reason why it won't continue to be that way because we all know the guy's super talented and uh, can can really sling the football. First Carolina quarterback to be drafted since 1990. When it happens, yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, that's almost insane to even think. It is insane to really think about that. 34 years. That's that's ridiculous. I I. I've said I'm with you, Hale, and I remember when you said that. Um, and and again, I'm not a draft expert. Nobody should ever tune into this program for my draft analysis because I don't have any. But just watching this kid play football up close and personal for the last two years, seeing what he's all about, and understanding what the draft's purpose is. I mean, I'm sorry, the combine's purpose is. He he he's a combine guy. I mean, it is really yeah. really, di- and we'll know we'll know in four four or five days. It's really difficult to think that he's going to go to Indy, come out of Indy, and not have risen up the draft boards with what he's probably going to do up there from a performance standpoint, but also uh, from a from an interview standpoint, you know, the get-to-know-you stuff. I mean, he he's really – I mean, you've talked to him. You, you know. He's really got that stuff down, and I think that's where he's going to impress a lot of people. Yeah, I, what I'm kind of looking forward to seeing with him is – are, are like the viral throws when, when he's, whether it's the combine or a pro day, like he makes some ridiculous throw where he's rolling out left and throws back across his body. And it's not really a, a good throw uh, in the eyes of town evaluators, but you know, it's, it's spinning real tight and looks really pretty on the internet and people start freaking out about it. So I, I I'm <laughs> going to enjoy seeing that. And then all the reaction that comes with it on, on social media, because I think he's like, like you said, JB. Like, man, throwing in shorts, like he's he's gonna light that up. And not to say that like he's not good enough to to carry it over to the field because we we've certainly seen him make some big throws with pads on with with twenty one other guys on the field. But just in that type of setting where it's real scripted and and you can just uncork a deep ball, like I I think he's gonna uh, get some attention that way. Whether that translates to helping his draft stock probably not a whole lot but as we've seen over the last few years uh like zach wilson being one uh, like all it takes is one really pretty looking throw for for folks to start going going crazy online and and, and saying all type of stuff really zach nice wilson. <laughs> zach wilson. Yeah, you remember that? He, he made the one throw at his pro day and, and oh was, yeah holy cow zach wilson's the man and i don't know maybe the the jets, maybe the jets put too much stock in that Sorry, Will. Maybe. Probably so. Yeah, they they tend to do things like that. Um, no, I mean, not much. I, just, <laughs> just every year. Uh, yeah. yeah right. As as miserable as being a Bears fan is, being a Jets fan, which Whittle is, and I feel bad for him. Ah, uh, yeah. It's it, there's God, nothing. You like remember that. when Rogers got hurt and we had John on? I'm like, John, you you okay? Yeah. I mean, this is that was just tough times. <laughs> New York. So I mean, they, yeah, they, they got a good coach and they kind of got they're competitive and Aaron was kind of that was kind of the Hey, you remember Brett Favre played there for a year too? It was terrible. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. They just uh, they're still they're still wanting Joe Namath back. Kind of, kind of is what it is. Um, but yeah, so, I, I, yeah, that's I, I think Rattler is going to be prepared. That's my that's my word for him. Heck yeah, for the NFL. I think going through what he went through, it, it's it's it sucked because Carolina didn't win. But as far as What's better that prepping you or you playing at Oklahoma against the Big 12 and 
throwing it up, throwing bombs to five star receivers all day and never getting touched. I'm sorry, the South Carolina season is going to help you for the league a lot more because that's more that's more what you're going. Yeah, to I I yeah. agree with that. Look, I think that so NFL.com has a three round mock up, and Penix is the sixth quarterback drafted. No Spencer Rattler in the top six. Number one, again, my very uneducated prediction here is he will be one of the top six quarterbacks drafted. And that would that would put him right in line with what Hale was saying going in the top three rounds. They do have Leggett in the third round to the Bengals, for what it's worth, by the way, is the 80th overall pick. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I, I agree with you. I think when those conversations come around, he's going to be asked a lot about, like everybody thinks it's all going to be about that high school crap, and there's going to be plenty of that stuff. There's no doubt, but he, he's used to that. What he's going to really get asked is, about South Carolina and being sacked like 80 times in two years and two different OCs and learning this and learning that. And, you know, the challenges of, you know, he's the guy's a winner and he took the blame every week when we all knew it wasn't his fault, you know? And um, I think that's where he's going to catch somebody's eye and then they're going to look at him, go out there and throw the football around. And, and somebody's going to say, yeah, this is just my guy. You know, it just is. And probably the same thing with Xavier Leggett, or Leggett, as he told us in Mount Pleasant last year, JC. Uh, And uh, that's what I was going to say there, Craig. If he ends up in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, sweet Jesus, that guy might have a 1,000 yards as a rookie next year. I mean, Xavier Leggett is prepared for the NFL, Hale. You you saw him up close. You got to talk to him. He's got all the things you want, you know, the side and and all that type stuff. But then when you when you sit down and talk with him, you learn a lot about him and where he came from and stuff too, and why he's so driven. He's another one who's probably going to take this combine and shoot right up the draft ranks. Yeah, he's old country I, boy. He's country boy. Yes, he is. I think the Mullins. the knock on him and probably what what's going to get people asking him questions and probably already has when he's met with NFL folks is what took you so long? Why why did you just now? have a season like this and like, and not even like this one, but anywhere close to this one. And obviously the, the drop passes were an issue for him over the years. And, and I think that's probably going to to hurt him in some ways. Cause, cause honestly, he, he is a one, one year wonder. Uh, that's, that's yeah. what he is. And He's a little, yeah. I think some people are going to hold that against him. He's a little right. stiff. He's a little stiff too. He's not stiff, but he's a little stiff. The big guys like that sometimes are. Uh, so, like in other words, when I say that, that sounds totally negative. It's not. It just means like he's not like a T. Higgins type fluid player. You know how T is kind of a pogo stick and can bend his body and stuff. Xavier's not really that level of elite flex flexibility and things like that, which they do look at because you're splitting hairs, man. I mean, you know, you're spending money. And so, you know, you're, you're going to evaluate every single thing before you, uh, you take a guy. But uh, I think, I think with a big, a big, I think the combine testing numbers, I think Xavier Leggett's going to, everybody's going to be talking about it because I think he'll run four, four. I think he'll bench really good. Strength will be good. Um, you know, and if he works out and catches everything, I think uh, I think there's a way he could get into maybe the second round or so. But they, it's crazy because the you know Xavier and, and Spencer are obviously the two guys we're watching. I think Marcellus Dow could get drafted late, and, yeah. and Trey Knox, Trey Knox, maybe two to the right the right team, no doubt. But uh, we're looking at these two, and it's just it's just one of those years, kind of gamecock luck kind of kind of deal because 
there are not. I don't. I personally don't think there's a an elite quarterback in the draft. I think there are eight or nine really good ones. And and down the road, heck, <laughs> the best quarterback in this draft could be Bo Nix. It could be Michael Penix. It could be Spencer Rattler. It could be uh, the dude Sam Hartman from Notre Dame. I mean, in, in Wake Forest. I mean, it could be any of these guys. I think they're all kind of close. But it's a deep year at quarterback. And uh, and then at receiver, it's an ungodly deep year. And and so. In other years, maybe maybe these guys are closer to the first round, but I just think it's it's going to take something. It's going to take them passing other players on the draft board and, and having a great combine. That's what the combine's for. That All right. to, to your point, JC, about how deep it is, especially at quarterback. That was kind of my thought after the twenty two season when Rattler was considering whether or not he would come back. Or Mm-hmm. We knew that in, in the 2024 draft class, it was going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, and, and whoever else. Whereas in, in the previous year, in the 2023 draft class, it was, you know, tiny Bryce Young, Will Levis, who who looks looks great, but is he even any good at playing quarterback? And, <laughs> and what, it wasn't and even a bit of a draft class. So to me, when, like last year, when when like I said, when he was making that decision, I looked at it like, Man, this guy needs to go because it's he's going to have a hard time uh, being a first round draft pick next year. I don't care what he does at South Carolina. Yeah, he might have to win the Heisman Trophy and, and to get in that conversation. And here's Jaden Daniels uh, in that spot now. So, um, yeah, to, just to your point, JC, I, it, it's a really deep quarterback draft class, which I think could could hurt where Rattler ultimately ends up going, like mm-hmm. what his thing is as a pick. But at the same time, like I've said before. We, we know these NFL teams really value the quarterback position, especially when they can get them on a rookie deal and, and pay them pretty cheap and, and build the team around them and, and try to make a run at it, a la the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, Brock Purdy. Uh, Mel Kuyper has Spencer going to your 49ers, hmm. by the way. According well, to hell the, yeah. And the shock. Oh, How about that? That'd be fun, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a Niners fan again. You got, yeah, you got Rattler, Kinlaw, and uh, Debo out there. That's oh, fun. that'd be Rattler to Debo. They just need to go ahead and draft Leggett too. By the way, uh, for all of those that uh, maybe thought they missed it, you did hear that right. JC projected projected that Sam Hartman would be better in the NFL than Spencer Rattler. Whoa. That is exactly what he said, <laughs> and um, we're we're going to clip that and uh, we'll save it. Uh, just jeez, just man. Oh, I do, I do like J.J. Right. Like McCarthy better than most. I mean, a lot of people don't think he's that good. I think J.J. McCarthy is good. So I, maybe my yeah. opinion is a little different. Yeah, I, I, and last year's draft class, hell, it was really C.J. Stroud, <clears throat> when you look at it right now, is the class, class of that. I mean, that he's by far and away the best quarterback from last year, I thought. Yeah, yeah. how could I mention his name? Yeah, the guy. Oh, I thought you did. I, I was just going to say. Yeah, because no. you know you're struggling to because it was kind of a struggle because you're like ah oh, well you know I don't know, but the one thing that made me think it was Stroud and maybe land on Stroud, he lit Georgia's defense on fire. Yeah, and Georgia's defense is probably the closest thing to an NFL defense. So that one game kind of made me think yeah, I'd probably go with Stroud, but I, I'll admit I I didn't have a problem with the Panthers drafting young. It's just. My God, what a bad situation! So, I well, think it, would, it wouldn't have mattered. C.J. Stroud is the luckiest dude in the draft, and I go to Carolina last year. So, 
hats off mm-hmm. to him for yeah. bagging that deal. <laughs> when when your best wide receiver is a 34-year-old white guy named Adam Thielen, uh, that's probably <laughs> not going to be conducive to success. Not mm. going to do it. Yeah. All right, Hale, before we get you out of here, uh, re- re- on the recruiting side of things, I know that uh, JC's uh, got a crystal ball in for a 2025 quarterback. Do you, do you support his decision to go way out on the limb like that? Is he way off base here? Is he drinking too much? And what else do you have us on the uh, on the in the 2025 side of things? Can I answer yes to all of those questions? Oh, sure. Yeah, all right. Let's get that. <laughs> yeah, get that on the record here. I uh, I think I think that's a, a good pick. To me, I, I I think it's at the very least. It would be 50-50. I, I think it's either South Carolina or Florida for him. And I've, I've said before that I, if I had to put one in, I would have put one in for South Carolina, Ryan Montgomery to end up at South Carolina. So I, I definitely like where J.C. is with that pick. I, I for whatever reason, just just haven't logged it. I guess I'm a little slower right now with, with putting in picks. But I, I certainly think that's a safe a safe pick. And um, – like I said, they're they're kind of going head to head with Florida right now. Georgia's been in the mix too, but if you look at where Georgia's at with their 2025 recruiting at quarterback, Julian Lewis is probably going to hold them up for the foreseeable future. Um, so I, I think South Carolina is in a good spot for Montgomery for sure. Ryan, Mike, what uh, type of just out of curiosity for those that aren't as familiar, what type of quarterback is Ryan Montgomery? I mean, we've we had Spitzer Rattler, Lenore Sellers has a little bit of a different skill set, obviously. What type of skill set does he have? Well, for Maddox Smith, like, dude, Mike Fury is not a done deal. We have not said it's a done deal, so just chill out. Um, not a done deal. Yeah. Ryan Montgomery, he, he's a better athlete than than you might assume uh, for, for obvious reasons. Uh, he, he runs pretty well. I, I think as far as a passer – he doesn't have a huge arm. He's he's not like CJ Stroud, for example. But I think he's he's really on point and accurate, and gets the ball where it's supposed to be and on time. And, and I I think that's where he kind of shines from from a, a passing standpoint. Is is he, he looks to be from from what I can tell on tape. I haven't seen him throw in person or, or watch him play in a full game, but just seeing the highlights. It's the ball's coming out quick and 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 it's on on the money for the most part and hitting his guys in stride uh, and that type of thing. So I, I, to me, that's that's where he is is at his best is is operating making make making quick decisions and, and the right decision from from what I can tell for the most part and and getting the ball on the money. I like his athleticism too. I mean, he can run a little. You know, he's not going to kill you running the ball, but he can run a little. He's uh. He's like, uh, like so. So Ohio quarterbacks that leave the state: Mitch Trubisky, Joe Burrow. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be either one of those guys. Both of those guys were the number one picks in the draft, but uh, he has that style of play where, you know, he's not, you know, he he can run enough to beat you, but really, you know, the passing game, making good decisions, that's his strength. So um, uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Always uh, Ohio quarterbacks that leave the state. And don't go to Ohio State that Ohio State's kind of flirted with. Sometimes you get good players. <laughs> you know, Joe Burrow actually went to Ohio State, left when he lost to just the, the battle of, I think, Haskins, the late Dwayne Haskins. And then you saw what happened on the bayou. And then Mitch Trubisky just signed with North Carolina out of high school and 
turned into what he turned into. So, you know, I, I like, I like taking Ohio quarterbacks. I like Ohio players. I mean, it's an underrated state. So he's yeah. Finley, Ohio. Somebody else is from Finley, Ohio. Lamont. Lamont Paris. Lamont Paris. Lamont Paris. Yeah. Now are they related or no? No. Lamont Paris. Ryan Montgomery. Yeah. So they're not related. No. No, they're not. But Mike Mike Montgomery. Mike Montgomery, Ryan's dad. I can't remember if if he and Lamont were in school at the same time or if there was a uh, too big of a difference in age, but but they they do know each other. They they have a prior relationship, so there there's so a connection. Beamer might be bringing in Lamont to close this deal. Here is what I'm hearing. Well, they did hang out. They they get they got yeah. to see Lamont the last time the Montgomerys were in town in January. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This and is, this is somebody time. else in the, in the comments. I think I think we might have some some limestone players uh, asking about Mike Fury. It's not a done deal caliber. Just a name that we've heard as a possibility. Yeah, so. yeah. Don't get worried about that, man. <laughs> you, you, Mike Fury. I mean, we, we have not reported that it's happening. It's just a name. It's just the name on a list. Just the name on a list. So actually, uh, send all of your mail to John Whittle. I'll give you his uh, address and cell phone number if you'd like to get a hold of him. He's the one that brought this off up. Yeah, Will said we could talk about it all we wanted to. That's right. uh, so here's John's number. It's uh, 555. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. All right, um, we'll let you run on that note, Hale. Uh, again, uh, from Finley, Ohio, six three two fifteen. There is a crystal ball in two crystal balls from J.C. Sherbert and Tony Morell. Twenty seven offers for the twenty twenty five right handed quarterback Ryan Montgomery. He is a national top two hundred prospect uh, in the composite and by two four seven sports twenty four seven sports. So we'll see how it all plays out. Hale, thanks as always for all of your time. We kept you for a long time, as we always do. We tell you we'll get you out of here in 30 minutes. It's always longer. You know that. But your check's in the mail, my man. I'll be looking for it. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> You're the man, yeah. Hale. Thanks, Hale. Thanks, thanks. Hale. Bye. Thanks, buddy. There you go, Hale McGranahan. All right, uh, it's 1247. Uh, we do need to step aside. We mentioned Lamont. It is Q-Zip season. If you haven't noticed, your Gamecocks are in the top 20 in college basketball, and they need your help. College Station tomorrow night. And then back home, Florida and Tennessee will come into town. And when I say they need your help, as Derek pointed out, the students not going to be there. Some of them will be, but it won't be like it usually is because they'll be on spring break. So they're going to have to fill up Colonial Life Arena with, you know, the fan base. Buy your quarter dip at Gamecock Traditions in in Lexington, Gamecock Traditions Village at Sandhill, GamecockTraditions.com, and get in the ballpark and watch the Gamecocks and try to pull them through or help pull them through as a pair of top 25 teams will be in town next at the CLA. GameTraditions.com. You can live anywhere in America in order, and they'll send it right to your doorstep if you're not in the Midlands and able to get over and help them get you dressed for Gamecock basketball and get one of those sweet hoodies for Gamecock baseball season. They've got them in stock now at Gamecock Traditions. Quick timeout. We'll be back up to... Wrap up hour two here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. It's the season of love, and there's no sweeter time and place to feel it than today at Love Chevrolet. The heart-pounding rumble of the Silverado High Country. The captivating 2024 Chevy Trax SUV, most affordable in its class. No matter what features you're looking for in a brand new Chevy, your match is waiting for you right now at Love Chevy. In this 63rd season of love, your trusted hometown Chevy dealer is proud to carry on the tradition of honesty, integrity, and treating customers like family. No fast talk, no gimmicks, no ridiculous add-on stickers. Simply the best selection of new Chevys at South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer right now. And ready to drive home today. Don't forget about the $1,000 low price guarantee. Wow, there's a lot to love about Love Chevy. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Together, let's drive. That's the power. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks! What's up, Bill? There you go. That's uh, your morning jam, isn't it? That's it. I love that one. It gets me moving. Moving and grooving, right? Moving and grooving. Uh, only a few minutes in this segment here, but we got plenty, plenty to get to. All this, by the way, I, I got to mention this, um, because this cat is a is just a solid, great dude. But with the limestone conversation and Mike Fury being named, that I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> uh, I know there's some some ansies out there, but uh, 
Mike Mike Fury, a name that's been brought up, maybe potentially as the next wide receivers coach for for Carolina. We'll see where that goes. Reported by John, but a guy who used to be uh, at 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 Limestone is a guy named Logan Hall. Um, I don't know if any of you know that name or not, but um, Logan was uh, was once at South Carolina under Coach Spurrier as a student assistant. Uh, he worked with the quarterbacks and special teams and things like that, and then. Uh, he was an offensive, kind of promoted to offensive assistant, so to speak, and he, and he did that uh, under Coach Spurrier and then in the first season under uh, Coach Muschamp, and then he moved in the recruiting department. He was the assistant director of player personnel through July of 2020 and then got into high school uh, coaching, and he's been uh, the offensive quarterback, uh, offensive coordinator down at Battery Creek and then he was the tight ends coach, and he was the passing game coordinator, recruiting coordinator, and the director of football ops up at Limestone through 2022. Since then, he's been the OC at Pinewood Prep for a guy named Devontae Holloman, who is the head coach at Pinewood up there on the other side of Somerville. Uh, last night, I learned that he is being named the next head football coach at Bishop England High School. Uh, down in the low country. So I don't know if Logan is is uh, watching today or not. He he married a girl that I grew up with, Molly, who's just sweet as anybody you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, he he, no matter what he does in his career, he'll never do anything better than marrying her. She's fantastic, and um and he knows that. So congratulations to uh, a Steve Spurrier, uh, Will uh, Sean Elliott. Uh, Will Muschamp, disciple out of the University of South Carolina, Logan Hall, for being named the next head coach at Bishop England High School. You've got a Gamecock who's in charge of football over at BE. And uh, you also have got a Gamecock who's in charge of football over at Wando and Isaiah Perrin. That makes me feel really good because uh, those are the two traditional schools in the you know the East Cooper area, so to speak. So um, congratulations to Logan. I, when I saw that last night, I, I knew he was he had interviewed for the Wando job, didn't get it. Uh, and I knew that um, he was in the mix for the BE job. I was hoping he would get it, and uh, and they hired him. So awesome stuff. If you are a fan of high school football and live in the low country, uh, you don't have to be a fan of Bishop England you know, or anything like that, but if you want to go out and support a Gamecock, uh, Logan Hall is the guy over at uh, the school of the battling bishops now on Daniel Island. You're going to have to unmute your mic to speak. Both of you. It is uh, always good to see guys move on and, and, and go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like we have Perry Orthon. He's out there coaching ball. Corey Helms is out there coaching ball. Um, Devontae Holloman is coaching ball. I mean, these guys, uh, it's it's funny because the, the program the last 20 years really, compared to the previous era, um, they put a lot of coaches in, in the coaching ranks. The Gamecocks have. Oh, yeah. uh, through the years, and, and so it's. Uh, I think that's good. You know, when you look at Steve Spurrier's tenure at Florida, there were a lot of guys that came and played on him that we didn't even know were on the roster that are pretty good coaches. Kyle Shanahan's one of them. Um, you know, uh, GA Mangus is another. You know, he was a kind of a walk on quarterback down there. Um, and then there's a lot of guys from that era in Gainesville that went into coaching. Um, so it made sense, you know. Coach Spurrier did a lot for this program, and um, I think getting people in here that have a lifelong love for the game and that, you know, love the game so much that, you know, the playing days are over, but they want to 
They want to go help people and develop people and teach the goodness of the game to others. Uh, I think that says a lot about um, about where this program uh, has come. So, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's no they're everywhere now. Uh, yeah. there's, there's no doubt. Yeah, uh, Jason Barnes uh, is coaching. Like I said earlier, Bryson Allen Williams coaching. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. Them he's out. at Southern Cal. Bryson yeah. Allen Williams is at Southern Cal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cat Daddy Reese was uh, one, of, one of my roommates in South Carolina, and uh, I had to face him too. We always beat him, though. <laughs> um, but um, but but uh, Reese could play now. There's no doubt about that. Hope said Bryce Sherman has been on Twitter promoting Jason for the wide receiver coach. He's been tagging Coach Beamer. Would they consider Jason Barnes? You know, I hope I don't know. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that Coach uh, Coach Beamer has thought about that, and um, we'll see where it goes. I do. I know a lot of people that have worked with Jason Barnes uh, through the years in the coaching community. They they think he's he's an up and comer, kind of like Travian Robertson was. Um, but there's timing. Timing's everything. And if you're the head coach, you have to decide. You, know, you, got, you got to evaluate the coaches. Are they ready or not? Um, it's a critical year. It's a critical year wide receiver as well. That's a spot. Gonna need a little love, whether that's development or getting played another, you know, hitting the portal the next time. Uh, there's a lot of coaching to do there. So it would depend on, uh, you know, Beamer's comfortable with whoever he hires being able to go in and do the job immediately. Uh, but that doesn't mean Jason Barnes doesn't have a coach. It just means that you know, different jobs open at different times and there's different criteria. So we'll see what happens. But uh, will, he be, will he be considered? Absolutely. Yeah. But will he ultimately get it? I would say probably not likely, but, you know, you never know. I think they'll probably have this thing wrapped up pretty quick, JC. Practice is three three weeks away. I think, I think by the time we get on the air tomorrow, we'll probably know, but don't quote me on that. Maybe not, but uh, I think I think we'll probably know. By the time yeah. we get on the air tomorrow, let's just steal another Sun Belt head coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, here it is, another head coach looking to do something yeah. a little bit different. Like some of those group of fives. Yeah. <laughs> just rate them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you thought your players were at risk. No, we're stealing your coaches now. <laughs> we got Barry Odom from uh, yeah. UNLV to be a <laughs> defensive consultant. <laughs> He might do that. He might do that. We're out of time. We've got an hour to go, and we've got court storming and bracketology and all kinds of stuff. Oh, and NC State and UNC are, are signing a buddy, buddy, buddy pact. Conference Ooh. expansion wise, I got the article. Oh. We'll talk about that a little too. More on that when we return. Built by the Barndoco ITG. We'll be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Touchdown, Brewer. Set up the screen, and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Brewer. His second of the day. 
Pitches it to Brewer. Turns the corner. Touchdown, number three of the afternoon. Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. Oh man. The building is on fire. Emergencies and accidents happen. When you're in the middle of a fire or water event, all you want is for things to return to normal as soon as possible. Resto Pros of the Midlands is with you, guiding you through the process and working with you to get your home or office back in working order. They'll answer your questions, discuss procedures, and can act as your advocate when it comes to processing your insurance claim. RestoProsMidlandsSC.com. Open 24-7 when you need them. Quality that is guaranteed. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. It's 105 and it's the final hour of Inside the Gamecock the show. February the 27th. This is one of those strange years where it's not this it's not the second to last day of the month. 
We got two more. Remember, there's 29 days this go around. So don't get your dates screwed up if you got an anniversary. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that kind of suck if you like you were born on the 29th or you would anybody in their right mind choose to get well actually now that would that would have been a thought. Maybe I should have thought about that. If you got married on February 29th, then you right. don't have to worry about doing the anniversary stuff every four years. Uh, there there would probably be an expectation of uh, some larger sized gifts there. But, yeah, I mean, not a bad thought. I think. I guess it depends on who you marry. But, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you agree on that, like, hey, look, let's get married on the 29th. We'll celebrate this thing again in four years. And then again, before, years. so after 12 years, you celebrated three times. It's a genius idea. I'm the genius that scheduled uh, or scheduled. Uh, now I have an anniversary, Christmas and my birthday all in the same week. Yeah. Sure. It all knocked out, though. I mean, yeah, it's well, really yeah, smart. No, and, you know, and, when everything's coming, you know, you're not going to miss it. Oh, I, I love I love going on vacation that, that week of the year. It's right. a pain in the butt because everybody else goes on vacation, too. But I love being – I mean, I, traditionally – when I used to work in, in recruiting, you know, I would the day after Christmas, we'd we'd go off to all star games in, in Orlando or San and I got used to it. It was cool. However, um Nat's company had decided nobody's getting off on the 31st this freaking year. <laughs> so I won't be able to be out of town for New Year's. And that mm-hmm. kind of stinks, especially considering uh I had the flu New Year's Eve this time around, or, or Nat did, and uh I went to bed about eight thirty, but um, but I I, I do I, I so I'm I'm gonna end up getting triple whammied right there in, in that week of the year. But it's uh, we just call yeah. it uh, Sherb Week, <laughs> Sherb Week, like Championship Week on ESPN. This week it's Sherb Week. We got the Gator Bowl during Sherb Week. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> presented by Miller Lite. Presented by Miller Lite. Yeah. Please, uh, there's yeah, our like voice. That. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Our, our voice of reason has popped in. Hope said no woman would allow that. Oh, Hope. she's right. She's right. It's okay. She is right. Yeah, she's right. It's okay. It's okay. It's. I mean, I'm already married. I don't have anything to worry about now. I mean, it is what it is. I've already, I've already written my script. But uh, you Same. know. Same. All right. Uh, celebrate leaps. We're five leaps married at this point. How does that work? I'm five leaps married, even though we didn't get married on leap year. Damn, I'm getting old. Dude, we are. Again, I was just sitting there. We were talking about, Nat and I were talking about U2 yesterday after I got off a crazy phone call or phone phone day. I was on the phone until like five. We're sitting out on the porch because guess what, guys? It's 73 and sunny today in Chicago as well. Just like Whoa. yesterday. No, no, it's a South Carolina's February day today. Whoa. Wow. Unfortunately, tonight oh, there's a thunderstorm rolling in and it's gonna blow all the hot air out and it's gonna be 30 and snowing tomorrow. Oh, I saw that. that. Was gonna yeah, say, yeah, that's gonna be so awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so, so we're out of the tomatoes and stuff. Yeah, right? we're yeah. out of the on the porch talking about U2 albums because we went to that concert, right? And she likes you know, rattling home. We talked about the Joshua Tree, the Joshua Tree which is still an album everybody loves and plays, right? Came out 36 years ago. So 36 years before 1988 and 1952, everybody was just listening to like doo-wop. Nobody listened to doo-wop in the 80s. Dude. So, so it's kind of, I kind of feel like Gen X is the greatest generation 
<laughs> for this reason, because our music and movies and stuff have st stood the test of time. I mean, think about it. If I could turn back to hey, you re everybody video. remembers that video. Speaking of assless chaps, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, great song. Spe speaking of assless chaps, yeah. <laughs> no, see, you, you, we all remember what Cher was wearing in that video, <laughs> don't we? Hmm? Yes. If I could right. turn back time on the aircraft carrier with all the what boys. little Cher was wearing on that. Well, video. yeah, we all remember that scrap. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Hey, what's funny? All right, so, so George Michael, uh, had, had, you know, had an album called Faith, and, and you know, when, when we were high school kids, we got to sit around and watch MTV and talk like Beavis and Butthead, and you see a hot girl or something panning into a hot girl, and you go, yes, yes. Well, the beginning of Faith, uh, they they pan up from from like his legs up to his butt, right? And so my buddy, since we're sitting there one day, my buddy goes, yes, yes, and he's like, oh. Oh no, no, it's a guy, you know, it's George Michael. Oh man. I was like, damn, I should have, you should have known that, bud. You know, the, the guitar riff had already started, but uh, anyway, I don't know why I st I'm just, I'm, I'm off the track. So I'm, I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's we're, we're, we're all used to that. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, looking for a couple of things here, kind of, kind of sliding into hoops. So JC, so, have y'all been paying attention to the national conversation on court storming? Yeah, I mean, it kind of blew up with the Duke player, like you said. But I think, uh, I think what really brought it more to light was, uh, you know, the Caitlin Clark flop. Uh, that's just going to be unacceptable to people because Caitlin is, you know, America's basketball princess. So, just out of curiosity, just to get this part out of the way, is everybody wants. You know, everybody, I feel like, has an opinion. Should court storming be allowed or not? I I, I think it gets, I, th I talked to Mike about this. In my opinion, you probably need more security with it. You know, I, I don't think it needs to be a free-for-all. And I think another thing is you need to enforce your laws and, and, and you know, talk about personal responsibility with the kids that stormed the court. And I think that's a lost personal responsibility never comes into any conversations these days. It seems no, like, look, Hey, storm the court all you want. But if you touch an opposing player or coach or get in their face or verbally assault them, you're going to jail. Yeah. We you're going you to have a criminal record. I mean, mm -hmm. storm the court all you want. Just don't act like an idiot, you know? Okay. And, and you know, cause I agree. I'm with you on that. JC. Now we all know that wouldn't always be the case. Or idiots are still going to be idiots. That's what they do. But like, um, you don't you, you see it from time to time in football. Clemson encourages it, which is strange, but they do. Um, but you do see it from time to time in football. When there's, a, I mean, we just watched it two, not even two years ago. South Carolina beat the tar out of Tennessee, and everybody ran on to Williams Bryce Stadium. It was a neat scene. I do think I, I disagree a lot of times with a lot of things that Jay Billis says these days. I, I, I have a lot of respect for Jay. I think he's a brilliant mind. Mm -hmm. But I but I think some of the things he talks about with NIL and stuff is just outrageous. He's um, over, over the top with it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm not a fan of some of that. But but he is right about something. He said, look, the networks are at fault here. Okay. Because 
there was a time where, you know, okay, here's what's going to happen if you do that. We we get the fines, you know, hundred grand, two hundred fifty, five hundred thousand dollars in the league and all those type things. But the networks have, you know, they've they've kind of encouraged this because it's a great it's a great shot on TV, which is what the world revolves around anymore. You don't see, I mean, like if if the Gamecocks this weekend Friday night they're playing Clemson at Founders Park, top ten Clemson. And it's, you know, four to four in the ninth, and Cole Messina walks up and hits one to the freaking moon. You think 8,000 people are going to pour onto Founders Park Field? <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. So, I mean, it, I, I'm yeah, not. That's like, relative it, to expectations, though. You know, I, I mean, well, I think that's part of it in that, you know, it's, I think it's getting a little too. But, I mean, but it doesn't happen anywhere in baseball, though. These days. Like, no, yeah, you're right, though. Baseball, like, that's if, not a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing. Like, if the Citadel hits a walk off the beat in South Carolina on April the 6th or April 15th or whatever date that is, they play in Charleston, you're not going to have. 400 Citadel fans rushing the field. There's going to be just an FYI. There's going to be 6,200 Gamecock fans at Riley Park and 400 Citadel fans for what, for, for everybody's, what's that, what that's worth. But like, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not against, I'm with JC. Like if you can do it responsibly, it is, it's kind of a neat part of sports. I'm not a, I'm not a field rusher. Um, don't care about it. Didn't do it when they beat Tennessee. Didn't do it when they beat New Mexico state. Probably should have. I mean, I was down there, but I didn't run onto the field or the week after when they beat Georgia. Um, but here's the thing. Here's what bothers me about all of it. Going back to something we just talked about a little while ago, a lot. Zach Davis was literally assaulted in a basketball game. <laughs> and nobody's talking about it or doing anything about it. And Duke had fans rush the court when they got upset they get a player hurt same thing caitlin clark very visible brands caitlin clark is a brand now right duke is a brand and now all of a sudden everybody wants to have these conversations like if this goes back to something we talked about a while ago with you know fixing college football like well if it starts affecting alabama maybe things are going to start change around here Nick Saban's now in the media. These narratives might start to change a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what drives me nuts about a lot of this stuff. Like, again, back to Zach Davis was running down the floor, playing a good basketball game. He got punched in the face. Nobody is saying a word about it outside, right here in our little Palmetto State. And we're talking about court storming because it happened to Duke. You think if, the, if they would have stormed, you think if Ole Miss – would have upset South Carolina the other night and they stormed the court and Zach Davis got hurt that way as opposed to getting punched in the face. Anybody would have talked about it? Same thing. Nope. Because it's Zach Davis in South Carolina. I'm just using them as an example as that's our show. It could have been Wake Forest. could have been Mississippi State. It literally could be anybody but the four big dogs in college basketball. So I don't know what they're going to do about it. I'm kind of tired of hearing everybody's opinion about it. Um, and, court uh, storming? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, just be responsible. That's my thing. Just be responsible. Yeah, you don't I need mean, to do anything about it. Limited, yeah, the limited been, idiots that ruin it for everybody else. I mean, if you okay. could do it, you know, responsibly. But there again, like my threshold for that is extremely high. The, like the, it would take a lot. Well, in fact, I probably wouldn't do it, but <laughs> to justify it would take a lot. I think Clemson and football's got the right idea. They let their fans on the field after the game anyway. 
Yeah. You notice, ever notice that? And they don't have any problems with, with, with anything. Of course, it gets embarrassing for them when they lose at home to the Gamecocks. Gamecock fans pour onto the field and, uh, but that's okay. I mean, I think, I think, I think that's kind of the right idea because then it's not a big deal, you know, and they, and Clemson's torn down the goalpost or whatever, uh, a few times through the years, but, um, I, I almost like that better than, than, than sitting there trying to keep everybody off and create a potentially dangerous powder keg of a situation. Um, so I, uh, well, fines yeah, aren't keeping people off the floor because they're not paying so, you know what I mean? Like, all right, so the SEC has to – they issue a $100,000 fine or the AC or whoever, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever the fine is. You know how they increase these fines every so often? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to charge the school five hundred grand. That's what we're going to do, $500,000. And then you know what happens? They have, you got so much money, the moment takes over, and they're like, whatever, let them on the field. I mean, well, Dr. Pastides joked about it. You know, when they, yeah. when they upset Kentucky, how many, and how many, how much money, like when you value, when you value that, because, uh, you know, South Carolina would be Kentucky stormed the court that that was only ESPN. It lived on ESPN for three days. Uh-huh. How much, I mean, is that worth a hundred thousand dollars? If you bought a hundred thousand dollars worth of advertising for ESPN, you wouldn't get that much coverage. No. So there, there is a publicity part of it too, where, and look, a lot of it, um, you know, the, the bad national basketball college basketball media is very like blue blood. We think football is oh, way, but it's not it's, basketball. It's, con- it's country work. club. It's yeah. Country club. yeah. And so yeah. they, if they don't have to talk about it, and, and, and you also have to keep in mind, there's 400 division one schools, but uh, if they don't talk about somebody, they won't. And, and, and so you're in that sport, you're, you're fighting and scratching and clawing. Not only are you fighting and scratching and clawing to get relevance in your own sport, you know, most places uh, are not basketball schools or football schools. And so you know, our football is kind of king and, and all that. So you're fighting on campus to get relevancy too. So sometimes that $100,000 for more relevancy is well worth it. Now, it's not worth anybody's life. It's not worth anybody getting hurt and seriously injured. But I think that comes down to more, a more you know, more security. The opposing team needs to get the hell off the court. Um, and, and there needs to be consequences for anybody that Craig – you went and got in Quincy Carter's face in 2000. You said, well, I'm talking about things like that need to be punished. Yeah. Craig, well, like, he's like, like, I have no idea why he didn't whip my ass. I was like, he, I, he probably should have punched you in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, dude, right. I mean, You're lucky you got I'm surprised he didn't, dude. I'm the Craig, Craig, you had some guts on you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but no, I remember, I remember those two games too. I think, I think I got, I was on the field after New Mexico state. I don't think I quite made it on the field for Georgia, but, uh, my brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law, still has a piece of the goalpost sitting in his uh, sitting in his office from the New Mexico State game. So, well, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. There, th- this is good. look now that now that those like Jay said, Jay Phillips, Jay Phillips, no, Jay, Jay Billis said that nothing's going to come with it. No, nah, nothing. It'll just blow over, you know. And it pro- it, it it probably will. But like you you just said something a minute ago about the college basketball media, you know, and I mentioned that being kind of the country club. If the country club wants to push it, they'll push it. Like if they feel like this is a, we need to address this and collectively this little group of people that we've got that basically controls everything. We can address it. They will. Now I don't know what they'll come up with. I don't even know what you can come up with. What do you come up with? Just 
putting a hundred security guards on the floor and then that bill goes on the the schools okay well south carolina can afford 100 security guards i mean but can monmouth can gardner webb probably not then you get that situation like duke and clemson last year i mean you think those security guards were gonna stop those kids i mean they were letting the kids like climb over the walls three minutes before the game was over because it was obvious what was about to happen right there you know Mm. Uh, i mean but that was handled in a very professional manner, as one would expect Duke kids to do. I, I guess like, that was the most yes. orderly court storming I've ever, or you know, field storm I've ever watched. Was that week one last year? Yeah, Tom yeah. Lugo. Tom Luganville was down there. Yeah, and he said like <laughs> they let the kids on the field with three minutes to go, and he's like, "Oh, this is not a yeah. What are we up? doing here? You know?" And but they he said the kids were just like. They didn't. They didn't budge. They didn't get one inch on the field until the game was over. <laughs> Those hundreds of Duke Duke fans, you know, yeah, woo! All right, in a single file line, in a single yeah. file line. Oh, oh you guys, okay. now. Who's twenty seventh? I'm twenty eight. Who's twenty nine? I'm twenty nine. Like lining up for a Southwest flight. Oh, no B35. <laughs> no <laughs> cuts, Phil. No cuts. That's, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. No, I was here first. Yeah, you know, you're gonna I, have to no, move most around basketball courts. To, to there's no cuts. Idea. I I have to get down there so I can get home and do my homework. Of course, I'm sitting oh, here saying that these are the guys that are going to make you know save my life one day. Oh yeah. So I I apologize <laughs> oh, yeah. to all of them, but yeah, I I don't know what they're going to do about it, and and then it you know it it translates to the again nobody is talking about is that like if that would have I'm telling you guys you know this if if Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or North Carolina had a player just jogging down the for- court going to defend himself and the Flanagan kid came down and punched him in the face, it would have been one of the first things that aired on Sports Center. Y'all know it. Everybody knows it. Didn't even make – it didn't – nothing. I mean, it made SEC now, and then they just moved right along because that's – you know, they've got a 30-minute show to do, and they got to get out of there. But, like, uh, you know, I asked the question earlier to Derek Scott. If you were in a – it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in a bar. I was just trying to give someone an excuse to at least have some alcohol in them to make a stupid decision like that. But – you could be in the grocery store. You could be shopping in the mall. You could be in the gas station. And somebody just walks up, punches you in the face. That's called assault. They go to jail right. for that. Right. I mean, this this kid, and Phil, you made a killer point. A killer point. Incidental helmet-to-helmet contact is targeting in football. And if you do it in the second half, you sit out the first half of the next game. This dude trots down the floor and intentionally debos Zach Williams <laughs> in the cheekbone. Laid an elbow just, into his face, man. It yeah. was like there was no question about it, right? None. It's all on tape. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. And if you're Ole Miss, I mean. If I'm Ole Miss, I spend him myself. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Chris Beard, I'm being like, listen, not, I know winning, I mean, their chances of winning go down significantly if they don't have that guy. Oh, yeah. um, and and his, I think his dad is an assistant no. coach. <laughs> I think his dad's an assistant coach too, but man, oh man, it's just that, that was dirty. That was dirty, dirty, dirty. I don't think Flanagan's a dirty player. I think, I think honestly guys, uh, I hope it's not like that. Like that was unprecedented and, and stupid. You're going to see some teams play South Carolina 
as long as Lamont Paris is the coach here and, and they continue to play that style of play that are get going frustrated. to get very frustrated. Right. And, and, and yeah, it, it was, it yes. was obvious Saturday. Ole Miss was like, Holy crap. Just like Derek <laughs> said, I mean, I, one time the dude like picked up his dribble and swatted like he was swatting flies. Like I said earlier to Derek, Carolina, they, they guarded them very, 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 they were in their grill the whole time. And I'm yeah. sure you're from, and Zach Davis is one of the better defenders on the team. People get mad at him because he takes at least two, three pointers. But most of the time he hits one from the corner, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes he'll throw up a shot that won't hit anything. But uh, Saturday he was really good and um, on offense. But his defense has been the reason he's in the starting lineup most of the year. He's one of the better defenders on the basketball team. So uh, I'm sure that Zach frustrates with his length and, and the intensity he plays defense with. I'm sure he's a frustrating player to, to go against, you know, especially when you're getting your ass kicked on your home court, you know. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And and you're I think you're right. I mean, we you know, hopefully we won't see any more elbows being thrown, but there there will be frustration fouls and things like that and and that's basketball. And I and I look, I don't think the Flanagan kid is a is a you know, I don't think he's a he's a uh dirty player either in your in your words, JC. It's not like he does this every third game or something like that. I mean, I don't have any record of him going out and knocking people out every other game. Do y'all? But he did the other day, and it doesn't mean that it's inexcusable just because his track record says that it is. You know, it's it that that's insane. But yet here we are today. We'll have to hear it again from somebody on ESPN about court storming as part of their whatever shows they even have on anymore at eleven a.m. I don't even know, but um, it's 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 it's. There's an element in our society, boys, that they don't like anything that's fun. I mean, and it's, I'm not saying the same people that are against court storming are the same people that want to, you know, want us not to eat steaks anymore because cows flatulate. I mean, I'm not saying those are the same people, but it just seems like everything that's fun these days, somebody has to go, "Oh, oh, wait a minute, if the least little thing happens. And then in big situations that you do need to worry about where there's a lot of violence and, and crap, it gets ignored. Right. It makes no sense. Uh, you know, and this is the same type of thing. You know, nobody said anything about poor Zach Davis and the SEC. I, you know, th- I would be on the phone raising holy that hell up. today. Hey, if I were, um, I'm sure yeah. Ray Tanner, Chance Miller, Lamont, Lamont Paris are all, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Tanner's giving them a piece of their mind right now. Positive. Absolutely. I'm positive about imagine. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But look, I mean, it's like, you know, and, and you have that, and you, you know, with the thing, oh, court storming, you know, and I get it. Caitlin Clark and Duke are, are big brands and all that. But if you're going to have a conversation about this, you need, you need to look at the big picture and not just overreact because your darlings uh, were involved. And that, that's what that's that, that never leads to any positive change because it's a biased uh, opinion. It's a, it's a, you're looking at it being self serving. Uh, because it's your team or you're the team you like or, or the, the, the player that's supposed to be the star, you know, uh, safety, safety, all players deserve to be protected uh, in, in the same manner. And the rules applied uh, evenly to everyone. Um, and, and it needs to be, I, I don't care if you're Caitlin Clark or, 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 you know, the last guy on the bench at uh, Monmouth, you know, you deserve to be safe. And, and so if it's about that, 
we need to look at, this needs to be looked at in a, in a broad sense and make common sense decisions. It's not though. It's just because they're, they're darlings now. So let's talk about this for forever. And I'm sick of talking about it too. We talked about it with Mike. Mike feels the same way on JC and Morgan and and Tom Luganville had some stuff to say, go check that interview out with Tom Luganville yesterday uh, on JC and Morgan. Shameless plug. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, well, but this also disingenuous, you know, that now is the time they bring it up. Right. I mean, I mean, there've been multiple instances of court storming where people could have openly said, this is not the way things should be handled. And, you know, for the outsiders looking in, you're just sitting there like, well, I mean, you know, it happened to her and now it's happened to a Duke player. And, and you know, when is this going to stop? I was like, well, <laughs> you know, where, where were you when Carolina stormed the court against Kentucky? Where were you when all these like, because I, I can recall just this basketball season, hell, in the past month, there have been at least four or five court stormings that have been all over the media. Sure. And I don't think yeah. it's something that you can just stop by turning the cameras off when it happens because it has these they're not doing it as a display for anybody outside of that building. It's just the the fever pitch inside there just releasing. So it's going to be hard to figure out how to solve this problem. What do you think about Jay Jay Billis's comment of we can put a stop to this, let them storm the court, detain them all, issue citations. Uh, yeah. You can't. So here's the thing with that. Like, I, I, Jay, Jay, Jay's an attorney. I'm not an attorney, but I, I, I can't. Can you issue a citation for something that there's that you've got legal authority? Like, is that in the handbook somewhere? Is that in the? I mean, I guess if it's in the rule book and it says you're not allowed to be on the court, that's one thing. But it's doesn't it also have to say like we can prosecute criminally or something? Like, you can't just start handing out citations. Knows. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. some sort of language, right? Oh, yeah, you just ignite, announce at the beginning of the game, running on the scoreboard, trespass notice, do not run on the field, that you're subject to criminal uh, criminal or, or civil, you know, you're subject to being fined uh, or got a ticket. And if and then I would I would take it a step further and say, if you touch a, for another player, if you assault another player verbally, and I'm, I'm going to include verbal assault in here too, because after a game, those types of that's when things can escalate. Most of the time I'm like, words are words, verbal assault, whatever, you know, but at that critical moment when, when emotions are always high, they need to get in the locker room quickly mm-hmm. as quick as possible. And so if you're a student or someone that's storming the court, a fan and you, you know, get in their face and yell, or if you sit there and, and, and punch them or run into them or something like that, then those people need to, they need to be charged, go, go to jail, arrested, um, just like anybody else that would have done that. You know, mm. um, it, you don't just because you're in the middle of a court storming doesn't give you the right to just, you know, go bowl over another player, intentionally hit another. I mean, you know, or get in their face or whatever. They, you know, they have the right to get in the locker room. So I think more security, uh, criminal charges for individuals that take it to the next level. Uh, I don't know about writing citations for everyone that that Jay's right. There's a way you could do that, but uh, I say, just let it stand, keep finding them. But you need to, again, personal responsibility. Who are the bad app? Who are the bad actors here? You know, and, and, you know, looking at the Duke situation, I don't know. I mean, that kid was just kind of running free and Kyle, I mean, you know, I know, I know it's going to lead to some debate, but then there's also situations where, you know, let the, let them off the court. You know, you, you don't, you don't need to be running into them like jerks. 
because I, that, that, those are jerks, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I think personal responsibility and weed out the bad apples, that'd be the first thing I'd do if, if I really want to solve it. Uh, and then the next, you know, if, if that doesn't work, then, you know, yeah. move on to something else. But I, I think it's about people behaving more so than, oh, they ran on the court. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, and do you want to watch a basketball game where there's, you know, 50 <laughs> – armed guards of some sort, whether they be security or police, you know, standing around. It was like, that's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and, you know, not surprising to me that that would come out of the mouth of a lawyer. Yeah. at, At that school. And, and we all know I've got so much respect for these security guards that, you know, they do the best that they can do, but I can tell you right now, if I was one of them and there's, 500 students running at me. I ain't stepping in front of them and saying, Hey, stop. You're not allowed on the court. I'm getting the hell out of the way too. Cause they ain't stop it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it just is what it is. I mean, so yeah, I, I feel like I don't think anything's really actually going to get done about this. Uh, I think fines will continue to be increased. I do think that, um, but, um, and then allow the universities to figure it out on their own. But if something ever is done, then it will it will be a loss for I don't have a problem with people rushing the court. Never have. I do have a problem when players get hurt because of it. Because it's it's not fault. You know, like they're out there playing the game and you can't end the game early to get in the locker room before the kids run on the floor. You know what I mean? Like you have to finish the game. Um and and so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but um it's certainly gonna be debated. I, my whole point with all this is none of this ever gets talked about until it's one of the central faces of whatever sport that it is, and then all of a sudden it's a big problem. It ain't a problem for anybody else. Ah, well, that kid, at, you know, Drexel, he tore his ACL last year and people ran. The, oh, did they really? I'd never heard about that. Well, of course you didn't because Duke wasn't no. on the front of his jersey. You know, yeah, like, exactly. yeah. you know, so that, that's my issue with all this. And it coincides with the fact we watched a South Carolina Gamecock playing basketball the right way, get punched in the face, and the league – is you know issuing five hundred thousand dollar fines for court storming, but they're not doing anything about this. And to your point, Phil, you know, oh, they targeted. Well, he didn't really target the running back. Put his head down to try to run through him. They happened to make incidental contact. Doesn't matter. Doesn't he didn't matter. have his helmet that, up. Yeah, He's out next game. Criteria, yeah, yep. exactly. It was like, yeah, it checked all the boxes. It doesn't matter yep. whether he intended yep. to or not. Yeah, I mean, you know, yep. and it's and I get it. Player safety is paramount in situations like this. But it's like JC said. I mean, and this is too often. You know, not to get into a huge debate or, you know, make it too global, but it's all too often these days that we do not take personal responsibility into account for a lot of the stuff that goes on. And you need to be secure in yourself and in the way you comport yourself. And until we start making a bigger deal out of that, then this is going to be an ongoing issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it just kind of. It's it's going to be heavily debated until March Madness gets here, and then nobody will talk about it anymore. That's right. Yeah. Shocker. All right. Uh, we've got to go. We've got to hit a timeout. We're served by Dixie Vodka. A lot of these kids, you know, they're that's what they're doing. And Dixie Vodka and Cranberry, whatever. They go in there to watch the game. They run on the floor. No, I'm not blaming Dixie Vodka. Don't, <laughs> don't misunderstand me. Uh, I, I drink Dixie Vodka, and I just sit in the stands. It all works no, that, out. That's, yeah, that's Mick yeah. Ultra's fault. 
Yeah, you just, yeah, there you go. That's Bud Light's problem. That damn Bud Light's getting these kids on the floor. Blame them. Uh, don't blame the the boys and the girls at Dixie Vodka. There's no doubt about that. Dixie Vodka, you can find it on the Chief Sports app. Uh, if you're a vodka drinker, I would highly suggest this. I am. It's fantastic. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game Pops. It's 2024 and it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year. Hey, Gamecock fans. Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. 
tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving Williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Rescues and Resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else. Custom-designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. scenes in college baseball. Four o'clock first pitch today, a reminder of our coverage of Carolina baseball brought to you by Resto Pros of the Midlands emergencies and accidents. Unfortunately, they happen. And when you're in the middle of one of those events, all you want is to get it back to normal. And it's hard to get it there. But these guys, man, do they go a long way in helping you do that. Resto Pros, MidlandsSC.com. They're 24-7 available. They're Gamecock-owned and operated. It's quality that they guarantee you can trust them. And Jeff Sturgis, he's so big and beefy, he acts as your as your bouncer. So if you have any problems, he's going to take care of it right there. In addition to helping you do all that insurance paperwork and all those things, RustoProsMidlandsSC.com. Sure hope you don't ever have to call them, and they hope that too, but people do. 803-493-0170. If you've got fire, mold, water damage, office, home, treehouse, treehouse didn't flow. But if it is, RestoProsMidlandsSC.com. Four o'clock today, first pitch uh, in town. And uh, Carolina looking to get to 8-1 and one on the season. I, I haven't mentioned this yet. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have all the details, but um, I do know this. And, JC, I know you are aware of things that are uh, happening long-term with and around the University of South Carolina's athletics facilities. If you're planning to go watch the Gamecocks play at Founders, if you know across uh, the street, across awesome lot over there, glass lot next to the old Chinese restaurant, you can't park there anymore. Uh, that has been bought and sold. That's going to be developed. And uh, my understanding, again, I don't have all the details. I have some, but certainly I'm not going to share something without it being in, in, in writing. I don't have it in writing. Uh, my understanding is there's going to be some changing landscape on the outside of the ballpark, on the other side of the right field wall, on the other side of Ray Tanner Way out there, formerly as Williams Street. Uh, that uh, some of those buildings that you're accustomed to seeing are soon going to be a little bit different. So for the better, for the better, by the way, continue to add to the environment around there, people living, things like that. Uh, so that's down, that's coming. I don't know how soon. I, again, Jason talked about some of these things in the past, and I know there's a lot of things coming to Williams Price Stadium and all that stuff. All that information will be out when it's out. Once they get through the legal process, I know people think Coach Tanner sits around doesn't do anything. Believe me, they're doing. Um, but um, some stuff is coming to Founders Park too. So going to the game, you you got to park somewhere off of off of UG Street or, of course, Lot One behind the left field wall. You got Clemson. A lot of people, a lot of you are going to show up this weekend for the first time all year with Clemson coming to town on Friday. Lot One, you've got the lot. Um, you know, kind of across the street from the players' parking lot and things like that. You got surrounding streets and businesses, you know, that, where you can pay for parking. You could park at the CLA and shuttle over all those type of things. But um, just kind of kind of want to give everybody a little bit of a heads up on that. Yeah, it's it's good. Founders Park is a, is a great little area, to, and it could have more, you know, to be honest. I, it, I know people will have more. People love to tailgate over there, but it's it's kind of in a spot of town where it's, you do have to shuttle, you know, CLA or whatever to, to find a restaurant restaurant or something. I remember that Chinese place. I thought that was still in business. I drove by there last time I was in town. I was like, man, that place is still here. Wow. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, shoot. I think, I think a couple of bar open air bars over there and a little uh, boardwalk or something like that would be awesome. If, If that's the plan, I don't know exactly. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't, anything they could do to upgrade around baseball stadium, I think is good because I think founders is such a good, it's a good enough experience to where it could, it, it, and fans show up enough. It could support that, you know, it could support things like that. I mean, heck I'd go, I'd go out there. uh, I mean, heck during a fall scrimmage or something and and grab a beer and enjoy the weather and listen to the cling of the bats. I mean, that's, 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 that's special. So Quantrill says, yeah, yeah uh, this is interesting. And I'll get your take on this JB. Cause I don't, I don't have an opinion. Saw a video circulating of Michael Ross complete game against Clemson in the college world series. And wondered, is that the greatest performance against Clemson in any sport at South Carolina? When you consider what was at stake, like best individual mm-hmm. against her. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Cause it propelled on the national championship. If you're talking yeah. about, he says arrive. I'm assuming he means just Clemson. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, if it if it's against Clemson, yeah, absolutely. There's no. I don't even think that there's a date about that. You, I don't even know if there's a close second. Is there a close second? I mean, 
Everybody is. likes to beat Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, but it's not a second. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, think there's – When you consider the stakes, yeah, like that, it's like, yeah, Quantrell's got it right. Considering the stakes, yeah, probably not. Because, I mean, everything yeah, yeah. on the line. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, all right, so, so let's say, for example, all right, let's say Carolina would have played North Carolina in, in the national championship game in men's basketball and Thornwell had gone off for 41. Well, that's a national championship in a revenue sport. But then you got to ask your question, is North Carolina a rival or not? Well, they never play them in men's basketball, so probably not. They used to it used to be a rival. It's an old rival, but it's not anymore. And so, yeah, I, I just I can't think of anything else. And that's that's why. And I say this before every Clemson series, folks. South Carolina has nothing to prove in this series. Nothing, because every time since the early '80s where they've met with a season on the line, they've beaten them and they haven't even lost a game. Mm-hmm. So Clemson may take two or three this year. May sweep them. Who knows? Hopefully not. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about that. Uh, but, but, but I mean, but, but I, I just want to tell everybody, you know, South Carolina has nothing to prove against these guys as far as the overall series goes. I mean, there's, Oh no, the proof yeah. is in the pudding, you know, I mean, it's nothing, you know, nothing to prove. No. And Clemson frankly doesn't have much to prove against South Carolina in football. I mean, you know, if you want to go um, just to be fair, but I, I think, you know, people have to keep that in mind. You know, South Carolina's the big dog when it comes to this rivalry and always will be until Clemson gets another opportunity to to slay the giant. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you, you've got, again, they've got the running bulldogs in town today and, and you know, you go win this first. Um, for what it's worth, by the way, it, 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 before I, Phil, just push that, push that. Heard. To tomorrow. Just push it. Um, push it. For, for for what it's worth, and this I mentioned this earlier with Derek. To get off topic, I'll come back on topic here. But um, Friday showers are likely mainly after one o'clock. The high is only fifty five. Um, but Friday night is really where after about eight o'clock is where they feel feel pretty good about it. I think that's. I I do, I can't see them moving this thing up to Thursday night because of pitching. Both Backich and King are going to protect their arms uh, because the season is more important than the series. Mm-hmm. But if they try to get it in Friday, which I would rather see them try it again Friday instead of punting it down the road and playing it in a midweek somewhere, then that's why I think it would get moved up. Like they won't just sit around and if they're not ready to go at seven. Wait, 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 and then try to throw first. They'll never get it in. Uh, I think they would try to throw the first pitch, maybe schedule it for two o'clock or three o'clock on Friday, and then if they have to kind of dance through the rain or whatever they need to do, they'll uh, or maybe even earlier. Maybe they'll try to go earlier to get the game in. I'm I'm not sure, but I I'm pretty I'm I'm fairly confident that these guys would rather play Friday than punt this thing and, and try to get it in down the road. With all that said, as I as I as I mentioned just a little while ago, this series means like nothing, literally nothing for the rest of the season. Now, it, it, it would mean something uh, when it comes to seeding. Like if you, much like basketball, they will go back and look at the baseball. And if you've got a series win over a top 10, top 15, top 20 team, where it is, it would mean something when it comes to that. If you have a, if you, uh, if you have a team that's in the same, Ballpark, no pun intended. And you, 
who knows, you know, Georgia or Kentucky or something like that. You're you're battling for seating, and then you go back and you and you really you start splitting hairs. That could be hair that kind of gives you a nudge for a top sixteen or top eight or or what what it may be. I don't you know th- those things do matter. Uh, just like basketball, just like basketball, Clemson has a unbelievable now high quality win over South Carolina. But what it doesn't dictate is how successful the rest of your season is going to be. As you can go back to what you mentioned, in Exhibit A, Carolina lost the series to the Tigers, lost game at home 19-6. to Everybody said fire eight times over the hill, and he won the national championship. Not once, but twice, and then played for a straight one. So, it, it, but, but, like, with all that said, it take like, that, that comment sounds silly to people for a reason because they read it differently and hear it differently than the way I mean it, and I absolutely understand that. The emotion of the series itself, you don't want to lose those guys ever. You want to beat the crap out of them. You don't give a crap uh, if, if it affects the season or doesn't affect the season. You, the only way that would wipe that thing out is if you happen to see them again in the postseason, you spank them and go win a national championship like they did in 2010. So I get it. You know, nobody ever wants to see uh, anybody lose a series. I, for one, I don't think Carolina will lose this series. I like where they stand going into it, um, but yeah, it it just doesn't it just doesn't it, it will not affect the rest of the year and 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 what they're you know overall what they can or can't achieve. Yeah, you, you always want to beat Clemson. Don't get me wrong; it's important. But this program, it's always going to be judged on postseason, um, and, and and I'm not talking about the SEC tournament either. Uh, it's gonna be chart. It's gonna be what do you do in the regionals? Do you get the supers? Can you get to Omaha? That, that, that's what this program's judged on. I mean, it's uh, and it should be that way. It should be that way. And uh, I think through the years, uh, when the t- Tanner had it going, one of the great things he did was you, even a year where they lost in the regionals, guys. You never walked away from those. Remember they, some of those regional losses were, and Gamecocks went really went down to the final out against a team that's probably twice as good as they were. You never walked away from a season, very rarely. Maybe that East Carolina, 09, 08, when they lost back-to-back at NC State and East Carolina in the regionals, maybe. But you always used to feel like, you know, hey, they gave it all they got. You know, they're out, they lost, but, man, what a satisfying run, you know, because uh, those guys went and battled and, and they didn't want to go home. Uh, you always felt that way against them. I think you know, somewhere around that Maryland regional loss in fourteen. And I'll say the Supers in, in, in 16, you know, uh, those teams were kind of – they got a little bit away from that. I, I think Kingston, though, to his credit, uh, when he's had, you know, his two Super Regional teams, I, I, I walked away feeling like, ah, oh, they did just about as good as they could do. It was frustrating losing to Florida last year, but, heck, that was a function more of the injuries and the lower seating than they anticipated. And, you know, Gators were just hot. You know, Arkansas, they took Arkansas to the final – Final game, uh, Kingston's first year. So uh, that so the Clemson series is important. It, it's kind of the unofficial start to the baseball season, right? Um, but there's much more to play for uh, after this, as as JB eloquently pointed out. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is the potential that you have setting up moving forward with this year's basketball team. I mean, you, you could potentially meet Clemson in the tournament for a win that could rival that. <laughs> of Michael Roths. You could also, with the new 12-team playoffs set up, 
get into a situation where the final game of the year would determine which one of those two teams would enter into the college football playoff, which would also create the opportunity for another stellar performance. So it's going to be interesting moving forward as the opportunities continue to open themselves up for bigger and better things for Carolina athletics for some of these rivalry games to be a bit larger uh, than they have been traditionally in years past. Well, just thinking about it, Phil, I guess, gosh, I'd have to probably go back to 87. Oh, shoot. Maybe some of the Spurrier teams because both teams were ranked. Uh, mm-hmm. People forget Clemson was really good when Spurrier was beating them. Um, 87, I think Clemson was eighth. Carolina was 12th. Coming to that game at Williams Bryce, they called it the Night of Black Death. Brad Edwards had a, what, a 70 yard pick six or something. Everybody yelled, Rodney, Rodney to Rodney Williams. Um, that, that would have been a playoff on the line. I don't know that it would have knocked Clemson out, but that would have put South Carolina in. Because they ended up going and losing to Miami the next week, but then they dropped to like ninth, uh, and then of course lost to LSU in the Gator Bowl. So that's, uh, the, I'd love that. I mean, I think this whole state of South Carolina would love that. I think the whole, hey, look with the way they're seeding it, they're not, they're not worried about rematches from what I was told, you know, or from or from what I was I've seen in all the mocks. They're just gonna rank them and do them. So yeah. if mm-hmm. Carolina is, uh, if Clemson's the fifth seed and Carolina's the twelfth. Gamecocks are going to Death Valley for a uh, playoff game, which would be I, shoot, I, I think these home playoff games are going to be off the chain. I'm I'm ex- I'm so excited to see that. I think that's the the one part of this that's yeah. being undersold the most. Yes, are these home playoff games? And I'm not. I don't want to hear any of that northern BS. Like, come play up here in South Bend in, in wintertime. I was like, uh, oh, we're gonna we'll find out. It's like, yeah, it's it's the whole like packed home fields because you've got special places like that all over the country, regardless of what the climate footprint is that are just going to be lit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, same thing with them having to come, you know, after months of cool weather, them, I mean, they, get, they can get kind of humid. I mean, go down to Miami. It's, it's always going to be hot. But, yeah. Uh, hey, listen, yeah. Get a check uh, on that field storm and crap before all that happens. Cause I'll guarantee you, there's going to be some storm damn fields come this next college football. I, playoff. I, th- I think we're going to find out just how much the cold impacts teams. Cause you're going to have an Iowa sitting there at seven mm-hmm. and a, and a, and a <laughs> Tennessee or, 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 or Auburn sitting there at 10 and Auburn's going to have to go to Iowa city. <laughs> beautiful paul paul oh paul. i'm there driving drive out of the city in this corn war eagle with corn everywhere where's the polar vortex paul polar vortex polar vortex war eagle jeez that's uh that's gonna be beautiful man <laughs> uh at the same time you know some of these schools are going to have to go to SEC environments, and I feel feel pretty bad for them. So, yeah. welcome to the big leagues, kid. <laughs> yeah, you think you're great. Penn uh, State thinks they're all great, and they got to go to LSU for a, a playoff game. God, I'm not, <laughs> you're going to get a ham sandwich thrown at you, James Franklin. That's right. <laughs> we are out of time, but tomorrow we will, of course, recap what happens tonight. Carolina Carter Webb, get you teed up for the 
Aggies and the Gamecocks from Reed Arena at 8.30 on the SEC Network. But uh, Derek, of course, will have it on the radio. We've got plenty on hoops tomorrow. It's a big night in the SEC tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. It's a big night tonight in Kentucky. They've got a road trip to Mississippi State. If you want to watch some hoops, keep yours on that one. It's the big one. I miss um, it. I think they're already in, but I think if they win tonight, it's a lock. Mississippi State, done it they're in. It's the big one in college basketball. No question about that. Tomorrow in college football, A&M? Big 10? Somebody thinks so. Plus, as JC pointed out earlier, North Carolina and NC State. Hey, if you want one, we're married. We come together. What about Duke? Oh, what about Duke? We'll talk about private school. Yeah, yeah. And I read that article. It really, it, I, it was disappointing. It was just, it's just kind of a lot of their like board, their governing board, making some. So it's rules that would make it hard. I don't know, man. But we'll, we can talk about that later. A&M to the Big Ten. That'd be the dumbest possible thing they could do. They're that They are that crazy. They're that nut. Really. Texas yeah. is living in their head that much. Really. Gosh. Unbelievable. Oh. Yeehaw! <laughs> uh, that, so that <laughs> bunch is going to go to Iowa in, 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 in November. Yeah, right. Yeah, right in November, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeehaw! We might have a new wide receivers coach by tomorrow as well. We'll keep our eyes peeled on that. Thanks to Derek Scott and Hale Manahan for joining us. Always thanks to all of you. 11 a.m. tomorrow, inside. The, make sure you download the Chief Sports app. Inside the Gamecocks show is powered by Electric Bikes Charleston. They're the sweetest thing on the roads. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. you got to see them. Go to the website right now. As we sign off, sign on with them. We'll see you tomorrow here on ITG from the Sign Around Studios.